Hey there. Welcome to <laughs> oh wow, that scared us. <laughs> what? Welcome, uh, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And yet another beautiful day in Santa Cruz. Oh, the whole week. Um, good time today. We helped some people out. Emma was more helpful than I. I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I helped a kid change a tire. And you helped him with the hard parts. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you you helped him get upset and made him cry. <laughs> I did not. Though, you know what? I'm so excited, Jim. That's pretty normal, though. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, that is normal. <laughs> that's part of the course behavior. right there. <laughs> I finally got to pull out the Baja no-pinch tool and used it to put a tire on. Did you really? <gasps> Hey everyone, this is Liza, and joining me in the studio tonight, running the board, it's Stumpy John. Hey everybody, and yeah, I'm thinking about buying another motorcycle right now. <sighs> He's out of control. <laughs> He's out of control. <laughs> this is why we need the buddy system, right? The buddy system. Yeah, to help him pick out the color. <laughs> <laughs> All my buddies just say, get the bike. No. Yeah. And let's see, joining us from his garage full of scooters in sunny Oregon, it's Bagel. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. And shake your rub. <laughs> and, he, and you're on Zoom, so that's great. I know. Indeed. I know. I love that you're, he's able to still stay with us. Yes. What's, yes. The, what's, the, uh, what's the weather like in Oregon land these days, Bagler? It's been actually lovely. We've we've gotten up to about 60 the past, past few days. Oh, cool. Blimey. Break out the thong underwear. <laughs> yeah. 60 degrees. sunshine. God yeah, almighty. There, there hasn't, there hasn't up, been water up. falling from the sky, at least not all day. <laughs> Sounds tropical. Yes, think, almost. And of course you recognize that voice. That would be the voice of the lovely Miss Emma. <laughs> Aloha, darlings. It is I, Emma. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> nobody else you know. <laughs> In all your glory. I think you bought and sold a car today. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I bought and sold a car, and I'm getting rid of yet another bargain from Mototown. <laughs> what? What? Mm. what? Yes. What are you getting rid of? No, it's uh, the bike that John wants to buy. He's stuck in my workshop right now. No, he can't buy that. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to. No, he's no. He's I'm going to make him. We got the buddy system. I already said you can't buy that buddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm trying to help him out, as we all should. But, hey, if you want to open it up to discussion, John, let's see what the group says. We can do that. But let's get to who else is on the classy girl couch. Classing it up. It's Arlette. Hello. <laughs> and her birthday weekend. Oh, oh happy yeah. birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Well Arlette, I won't tell you again. It is not hello. It is bonjour tout le monde. Salut tout le monde. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's informal, this group. Well, I know, but... Parlez-vous à Hama Hama? Hama Hama! That's Cheech and Chong. You don't remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was some of the Spanish you learned from your workers. Yes, that I... <laughs> yeah, they teach you good stuff. And of course, that would be the dulcet tones of Naked Jim. Hey, what's up? Pack your trash. Don't be a kook. <laughs> there you go. And a blast Ready? from the past. Oh, yes. Bagel, I don't know if you realize who's with us. It's Henry! Yes. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's been a minute. Yeah, hey, it's that Henry. Yeah, I know. Henry, good to have look you at, back. Look how happy Bagel is. I know, he's all smiley. Look at Yes. Mm-hmm. I am, but I can't I can't hear Henry. Is he coming through? Oh. I hear him. 
Yeah. You hear him okay? Okay. Maybe it's just he, me. He, ba- did, he didn't have a very good breakfast bagel, so... Bagel, <laughs> bagel's looking like a lovely Kris Kringle, like the young Santa Claus, with the beard and the rosy cheeks. Well, I think Scooter Claus. Scooter Claus, <laughs> yes. Hey, John, if you can't hear him, make sure that Henry's track has got all very the same handsome. buttons pressed as everyone else's. Yeah, press Henry's buttons, John. It's possible he's, he's over there painting his knob. I'm not going to press his button. Is that a promise? Bagel, can you hear him yet? Testing. Not yet. Oh, damn. All right. Well, I may have to We're going to interpret for you, Bagel. Do American Sign Language. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Numero uno. I'm I'm rusty, but I'll try to keep up. (laughs) Um, Let's get to some ride reports. Jim, you just did a big adventure, and I know you you love to go out to the desert. I think this is something that a lot of us don't really relate to. Like, you really love... The sand and the desolateness, and like, and the potential of like really getting into a sticky situation, riding by yourself. You love it, and especially now with your new bike, your four fifty. So where'd you go, and how many uh, near death experiences did you have? Yes, uh, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've been I've been fortunate. I've been doing some adventuring over the last. Uh, about a month or five weeks. Um, I've got about a thousand miles on the 450 now. Um, about ready for the next oil change. Doing that about five or six hundred miles. But I've had some good trips. So desert season's in full effect. Um, and I did want to mention a couple of weeks ago, I went to a place uh, called Jawbone Canyon. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. It is a gem of a riding place. It's near Ridgecrest. It's at the southern tip of the Sierra Nevada Mountains, where it meets the Mojave Desert. And it was a gem of a place. And I just want to give a shout out to that area. There's also a natural, uh, I'm sorry, a state park there called Red Rock Canyon <sighs> State Park. And there's a few Good of those one. around. You've been there? Red Rock Canyon is amazing. Okay, so you've seen it. And, yeah. um, and it really is cool. So uh, I spent a couple of days, three days in camping and riding out there about three weeks ago. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's everything from high desert riding, um, a lot of sand, but whatever desert. Uh, beautiful landscape, Joshua trees. But the cool thing is you can loop up to the north. And I went from about 2,300 feet or 2,200 feet in the desert up to above 4,000 feet as you enter into the Sierra Nevada mountains. And then so you're riding from sand and Joshua trees up into big uh, Jeffrey pines and things like that. So that was kind of a big loop. That was cool. Um, But it's an OHV area, a lot of it. And I want to give a shout out to the Friends of Jawbone Canyon. Um, It's like an OHV area, but it's massive scale. But they have a visitor center, like a ranger center, which was great. So I stopped um, and shout out to them. Do they have stuffed animals in there? I love nature centers. I think they might. Yeah. I know at Ocotillo Wells, you could get, oh, you would love this game. They had two games at Ocotillo Wells, which is in the same area. I wrote over there too. It was um, flip up. There was a, what was alive in the desert now? Lizards and snakes and scorpions. And you could flip up the picture and get the thing. But they had guess the poop. And there had to be oh, 20 or 30 be different poops. This kid was like on number 15. He's like, <laughs> she's like, that one actually doesn't have a sphincter. That's how you can tell. <laughs> oh Wait, what doesn't have a sphincter? I didn't listen too hard. Oh, lizards. <laughs> lizards don't have sphincters? They poop no. out of their eyes or what do they do? No, they have a slit. <laughs> mm, they spit it at you. Wow. Um, but but uh, so the visitor center, there was a guy there that was a little curmudgeony, but very helpful. And again, I encourage people to stop and talk to people because after I chatted with him a little bit, he's like, well, here's a map. And they have their own map of the area, this Friends of Jawbone Canyon. 
Um, he gave me a big garbage bag. He's like, how long are you out for? You know, and I'm like, ah, like four days. He's like, here's a big garbage bag. And he turned out to be extremely helpful. Um, the other couple of nice things about this jawbone place, or a few nice things, is they just paved a road that goes deep into the place. So it's easy access. You're not going down this beat-up washboard road for like 10 miles or 20 miles, you know, to get somewhere. So it's very accessible. But once you're out there, you see some people, but you still feel pretty remote. You see a lot of stars. Um, Again, really sandy writing, um, but that's all right. It was scenic, very beautiful, a lot of crazy mineral stuff. But what I liked about Jawbone, again, is it was really well-marked, and I appreciate <laughs> well-marked trails more and more. Especially in the desert. Especially in the desert. Um, because after that trip, um, and a lot, it was great riding, a lot of, as much hill climb as you want to bite off. And it's amazing what hill climb, good riders, what they can do on hill climbs. Just wild, these hill climbs, forever and ever. Um, but to get watch people do it, it was it was really neat. And did you have any situations with maybe running out of gas in the desert? No, <laughs> that was the trip I'm about to tell you about, <laughs> which is why I appreciate well-marked trails, um, <laughs> among other things. So after that trip, came back and then just made another trip for a full week down to uh, the desert again, but this time further south. So, so this is an area that's west of the Salton Sea, east of san diego um an area called a couple areas called acatillo wells borrego springs and anza borrego state park um it's all again amazing beautiful desert and you know know, i love the desert really lies it's as much as the sense of adventure i think right and i think that's what dual sports and and dirt bikes give us and it's just where do you find it in this time of year you know so that's kind of why i like it but in the desert is it's beautiful and fascinating if i wasn't on a motorcycle it would not have near the allure um, that it would otherwise. Because I see people walking or four-wheeling, and it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't look as fun. So went down to Borrego Springs, <clears throat> which is in that area. Uh, I highly recommend it stay in Borrego Springs. It looks like a little town in the desert, which it is, but there's wonderful little restaurants you can find um, and access to great riding. And some people may remember or know of Borrego Springs because there's big metal art objects in the desert. Have you ever seen those? I've seen It's on my list to see, but I've seen a lot of photos. They look amazing. It's trippy. There's this uh, artist, I can't remember his name, um, but that did all these big, huge metal sculptures. The cool thing, and they're animals. So it's basically like you're on wild safari, cause they're, and they're off in the desert. But it's accessible by car or motorcycle, right? Um, and there's everything from dinosaurs to elephants to saber-toothed dogs to sloths to a giant dragon that probably, I don't know, 300 yards long. And it goes and it loops in and out of the desert like a serpent. And actually, the road bisects it, which is kind of cool. And the cool thing about the metalwork, A, it lasts out there. Um, you can hang on it and climb on it. You probably shouldn't. But it's all riveted. No welds. It's all hand-riveted, hand-shaped metal. It's fascinating to see. Um, so that's part of Anza Borrego, and it's just beautiful desert riding. So we got to Anza Borrego, a killer Airbnb. If anyone wants a killer Airbnb there, I've got the place. Oh, uh, yeah, you told me about it. It was an, it was an old mid-century horse stable um, where the guy raised thoroughbred horses. So funky old brick house, um, really cool shade porches that have been closed off, hot tub, fire pit. <sighs> Like little light bulbs at night. Um, it was really fun. Hot tub in the desert at oh. night in winter is one of the best things yes. in the world. <laughs> so much, yes. Yeah, so bright, you know, so coffee in the morning and then at the end of the day. Um, so got there, I think it was on Saturday. So the next morning, all excited to ride. Um, but we'd had a few, you know, a wee dram or two the night before. So anyway, head out the ride uh, at, through Anza Borrego State Park, which is, um, you know, in that area. And it was what I had mapped out on... Um, 
the Gaia app and on maps and stuff and all the Googles was about a 70-mile loop from where I was staying down to the park, about 30 miles on slabbing to get there, and then a bunch through the desert and canyons and stuff like that, and then back on the road to loop out. So I got the stock gas tank, which uh, I figure I can go about, uh, well, it holds two gallons of gas. I get between 40 and 45 miles to the gallon. So I figure, okay, 70-mile loop, that gives me like you know 10 or 15 miles of maybe range to play with. Um, anyway, so I take off, and it was very demanding riding. It in the sense that it was a lot of long sandy washboard like just but for like miles like three miles of it and when it stopped being that um it would just be deep sand just deep coarse shaly sand um so battling through that so anyway i'm going and using i have paper maps that i gotten from the, the thing and and uh the apps on the phone and um you know one thing i'll say is you don't know anything's a loop for sure until you actually do the loop yourself one time up until that point it's just you're going straight in line so i was aware of gas the whole time um and i thought i had enough so anyway i get down to the point of no return i get a little lost a couple of times but nothing crazy maybe a mile up oh this is what i was going to say there were no markings down at anza Borrego. If you go to Anza Borrego, bring a paper map and some uh, GPS stuff if you have it, because there are no markings. And I got lost probably this time, not lost, but took the wrong trail three times. And I went about a mile or two before I realized it. Because you think, you're like, I didn't see any other track. I'm, and this is a big, wide wash. And So my question to you, Jim, when that happens, you're in the middle of nowhere. How do you figure you're on the wrong trail? I mean, how does... One mile not become 20 miles. You know, you just have to be be thoughtful. Like, I have little triggers in my mind. One of them is my mouth gets dry. Right. <laughs> I take a sip of water, and I start breathing through my nose. I close my mouth, and I breathe through my nose. Other things is after when that happens, I'll be like, I should probably check a map, too. So I just try The further out I get, the more frequent I try to just stop, A, and rest. Because check, checking a map gives you a chance to rest. Or if I get, like, an arm pump or something going, I'll stop and look at a map. And I'll tell you, the, the Gaia app that I have on the phone works pretty good. Um, I was in some canyons and stuff, and for the most part, it got me, I'd say, within 30 or 60 feet of where right. I was supposed to be. So there was one time, well, I'll get to that. Um, so you check the map a lot, but then you're like, oh, shit, I'm up to, I didn't even know there was another road. And then you go back and you see it, and you're like, okay, there you go. So I got to the point of no return. I'm like, okay, I can either turn around and go back the way I came because I don't know where I'm at, or I can just keep going. And the writing wasn't terribly difficult. It was just kind of you know demanding in that sense. It wasn't hard technical-wise. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll go for it. Because I think I'm coming <laughs> off this high from Jawbone. I'm feeling good. The bike's running great. I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I think I was a little more tired than I realized. I could have, you know, based on the night before and not eating maybe more. I was hydrating okay. So anyway, I keep going. And then after I'm about maybe, you know, two-thirds of the way through the ride, I start heading back up out, and it starts getting hard. So I mean, um, so hard and rocky, hard and loose. Um, but a lot of, uh, you're climbing up now. So I should have turned around. Um, I think I was already past the point of no return, but I, there was a truck out there and this guy was turning around. I'm like, Hey, what's up? He goes, hey, he goes hey, that looks too hard. We're not going to do it. And it was a hard, rocky uphill. Um, and I saw a line where I could go and kind of go around the harder part. Um, so I went for it, got stuck halfway and I'm like, fuck. So he actually gave me a shove. Um, cause he, he said, I looked up further and it's okay. You'll be fine. Uh, um, so I ended up having to run the bike, you know, under power using the clutch. I was standing on the ground beside it and just, mm -hmm. wah, and just kind of walk it up this hill under power. Cause there, if I rode it, I was either going to loop it or the back end would slide out and I'd go flying down the hill. So I get up that 
he's all later and i'm all hey and so at this point i'm like i'm just i'm like hey, you don't have to have the extra gas do you and he's like no he goes but i'll be you know if i see you later and you need to ride out i'm like cool because i still thought i could make it out well a couple of more technical rocky sections i fell over one time it was like a, a, a an uphill kind of a v rut going up and it was just hard rock on both sides but it wasn't terrible and i think this is where i started getting tired like needed calories getting tired um so i'm a couple hours in and um halfway up just kind of started to lose the front end started to stand up and i kind of fell over to the right um and luckily i was it was a v wedge and the bike wasn't on top of me it was kind of the handlebar was on oh. a rock the muffler was on a rock and i was able to get out underneath and push it up and i'm like that's why i just got lucky because i could you, have fallen and broken a leg right you there. had your your spot on right yeah so i'm wearing, i'm wearing full dirt bike gear you know tech seven boots and armor jacket all the stuff um but yeah, it's not going to stop. And I do have my spot, you know, so I do think through these things. I try not yeah. to be utterly foolish, but that's one where I was like, okay, I got away with one there. <laughs> yeah. I should have turned around there, but I didn't. Cause I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, if I get it up this, maybe never think it's going to get easier. I've done that mistake so many times. Like if I can just get up here, it'll be easier. Yeah. So I got up there and it was easier for like another mile or two. And then I made <laughs> this, you turn up to the hill and I looked and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and little did I know that I had found Heart Attack Hill that most people approach and I was going up it. Most people come down in rock crawlers. Well, at first, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I, I'm not doing that. There's, I just can't. Right. I know that that's not going to happen. So these guys, I'm talking to these guys, and the one guy's like, what the fuck are you doing out here by yourself? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And um, so I turned around there and I just had to resolve. I'm like, and then I looked on my map and I'm like, I'm actually off the trail a little bit. I got to go down another mile or so and maybe make a left and I can still make it out. And this was another good learning lesson. So I get the bike turned around, talk to these guys for a bit, look, try to find another route. Anyway, go back down about a mile and a half, found where I wanted to go and go up the trail and boom, U.S. natural resources, whatever fences up. So they had fenced that area off at some point in the past for motor vehicles traffic. So that was actually the one I wanted to go up and that was shut off. So I went the wrong way, came back. That was closed. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I just got to go back. Um, yeah. And I had, you know, a little over a half a tank of gas. Well, I probably had maybe a gallon of gas enough you to go. Still 20. water. I still was good on water. Okay. You know, I know not to fuck up on that. Um, I probably could have brought a big sandwich in a plastic bag. That would have been a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. So not to belabor the story, but um, I knew if I could get close enough out, I'd start running into ATV dudes because it is the desert, and you'll run. Yeah. Well, funniest thing though is I, I would. So as I'm going, I just stop. There'd be a guy in a jeep. Hey, I'm an idiot, but do you have any gas? And uh, nope, no gas. But you know, I'll be, if you're out here in a few hours, I'll be coming back. I'll pick you up. There was a uh, UFC fighter. I think it was Evan Tanner. Mm. Badass dude, ripped, great shape. They found him dead by his ATV out in the desert. Had run out of gas and water. Yeah, died out there. Wow. Yeah, John and I have talked it's about no, this. It's yeah. no joke. It's yeah. it's no joke. And it was oh, yeah. it, there were so it was a good learning experience but anyway i'll tell you how it wrapped up but so i knew if i got out so i really didn't realize is all those people with jeeps and the gas cans on the back none of those fuckers have gas in the gas can they're all like no i don't have any gas in the back or they don't want to give it to you <laughs> yeah, yeah that why had that happen that's probably too? what it is yeah yeah the dudes at heart attack hill were like yeah no sorry um but uh anyway eventually <laughs> you yeah but you know what i learned like i've tried to get my kit sorted out for what i bring so i've got the inreach mini this you know that thing which is which is great it's also for location finding and i send messages with it um but i bring a pair of walking shoes and i'm like fuck it if i gotta walk you know seven miles or 12 miles i'm not gonna dirt bike books fuck that so i bring a hat and walking shoes so worst case scenario i'd, I'd park the bike 
and I just started hoofing it. I'd probably run into somebody eventually, um, you know, and I had water, I had my shoes and a hat. So I figured worst case. I, so the main thing for me is I was getting exhausted. I'm t- this sand kicks the yeah. shit out of you. Um, and, um, um, so I was getting really tired and now I'm like, just don't get hurt. You want you don't have a bad day, get hurt now. And uh, so I took it just, you know, but in the sand, you still got to ride aggressively because if you don't, you get really tired. So you're still kind of humming along. Um, but it was, it was okay. And eventually I got out, asked a few more people that didn't have gas. So my, I finally made it out to kind of this area where there are a bunch of people. You're like a desert panhandler. I totally was. I was that guy. I even told people, I said, Hey, I'm that guy. Don't be that guy. But, but it was a great, you know, I got, a, a, I got acknowledged. I got away with a couple there, you know, it could have been a lot worse and I got acknowledged, you know, I pushed it a little bit. Um, and just, you know, understand, you know, really understand where you're writing and all that kind of stuff. But it, it worked out okay. Um, but it could have not have. So Rotopack fuel? Well, you know, it, it, you have two choices. A, put a bigger fuel tank on, which mm-hmm. is a great option. Like I was talking, I may want to do the LA to Barstow to Vegas next year. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to for that. Uh, the other option is just limit the distance you're riding. Um, and I'm, I'm tempted just to leave the stock tank on it. I, I mean, I, I needed to have... <laughs> My uh, my gas with me um, this weekend too. I had a similar situation. Right. Death wasn't an option, however, <laughs> but it made me think. Ah, I need to get my my fuel cell back on the bike. Yeah, I go back and forth on it because it's more weight, you know that kind of a thing. And then it's almost like it, you limit what you're going to take on. Like I said, if I'm going to do the LA to Barstow, you really have no choice. But do I really need to ride more than seventy or eighty miles of dirt, you know, in a day? Not that much, at least at this point in my experience, to change out the the stock fuel tank. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You well, know. so so you made it out. Yeah. So. Um, well, obviously, he's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting here. But no, he didn't. He died. Yeah. So right <laughs> now, uh, eventually, found some some dudes that were. Uh, you know, it, it goes to show everybody is so nice. You know, when you really you're just if you're just nice. Except when they ask for gas, and they say, yeah, no. then they can wow. cage you. But um, well, approaching anybody in the desert, I'm a little wary. But that's why I put a little American flags on all my shit. Um, <laughs> we had some dudes who were airing up after coming out of the desert. They had like a toy hauler and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, hey, you know buy you guys dinner whatever and uh, they're like no take what you need so i put in like half a gallon and they're like tank you know top it off they were super generous and i t- tried to slip them like a 20 for dinner and they're like no nah, don't worry about it so um yeah so then road uh slabbed it back out my ass was killing me um and made it back and was was pretty wiped out you know i was with my girl and she was just like dude you're like she like i was telling her stuff like a couple of times in a row and she didn't realize how how kind of fucked up like how i was drained i was for a little while so um but made it back okay bike did great bike is just a beast you know in the sand i you know i dumped it pretty hard on the rocks and uh you know it came out great starts right up well i had a pretty similar experience mm, did you uh yeah, well, the whole gas thing and mm. the anxiety that gives oh, you. Me dude, too. it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our let's did not work out as well. Um, so yesterday, John and I took the bikes out. Um, I took the 690 Enduro. We took the KLR 650. Yep. And we decided to go out to Hollister Hills. Normally, when you go there, you'd ride a smaller bike. But for me, I, the 690 Enduro is my dirt bike. I didn't. You remember, Jim? I didn't like the 250. It was just too squirrely. It's just too small. Yeah, was, just all the small. way, all the which ways. No, and I and I discovered on the uh, 690 Enduro, which you would think, like I was afraid to be too much power. But what I found, I think you're discovering the same. Um, when it's geared, you can just chug it along. It becomes a tractor. You know, 
Um, whereas the, the, the 250 didn't, it was yeah. just like, no, 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 it was nothing like stabbing it into first on a hill climb on a 250. Yeah. Right? As opposed exactly. to just tractoring. Tractoring right the second gear, just bop, 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 going up the hill, which I really liked. Um, but yeah, I, and it was amazing. Both John and I had people commenting to us about, wow, you're riding those big bikes on the trails. Is that because you're so old? Yeah, that could be, yeah. <laughs> I had three people actually say something to me. Uh, yeah, it was funny. I'm like, oh, I didn't think my 690 looks unwieldy. But um, he had the KLR, and we went and did a bunch of the trails, went up to do the Rens and uh, up, uh, High Road, which you go up past the Mersa Pond, as mm-hmm. I refer to. That's where I killed the KLX, <laughs> I think. killed the KLX, <laughs> yeah. The demise um, of the KLX. And it was good dirt, good weather. Yeah. Um, just a good time it's and great time of year. Great time. And we came down to get a drink and instead of I was like, let's go to first we were like, let's go to Fremont, which is an hour away, and go look at mini bikes. <laughs> 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 which then ended up we're getting closer. We're about forty five minutes away, like in San Jose. I'm like, Hey, let's go to King Egg Roll instead and get Chinese food. <laughs> good <was> call. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh Is that I, the Fremont one? Uh that Fremont one's good. No, no this is in San Jose. But what I love about these bikes is that you can go ride dirt tracks and then hop on a freeway and go ride a you know, pretty good distance. That, to me, is a true adventure, right? You can go anywhere, do anything. Dual sport. That's like, you know, people love their just pure dirt bikes. And I get it. There's so much yeah. more high performance, which is fun. But it's like dual sports open just so many more doors for you. Yeah, but I'll be honest. There was not a single moment in the dirt that, uh, freaked me out as much as doing 72 miles an hour on the freeway <laughs> with skinny wheels and knobbies and no windshield. And every now and then the bike just gets these little wobbles. I'm like, yo, <laughs> John, you had some pucker moments on the trails. Yeah. You know, it's always tricky when you're going downhill in kind of loose sand and rocks. So that's, that's probably the biggest pucker, but I, I felt probably the best on the KLR yesterday than I have in a long, long time. So it was a fun day, but yeah, this, this, you know, it's coming down cause you're way up a couple thousand feet and then sort of coming down and sliding down those hills on a big bike, like a KLR is a little bit, which, which has a turn and a drop off. Yeah. So it's like, there is no run out. Yeah. Yeah. If you run out, you run down and, tr- over. you know, yeah, <laughs> over. So yeah, it was great. Does your, um, the 690 have a 21 inch front wheel? Yeah. Okay. That makes all the difference for sure. And yeah, at one point, uh, cause we're on comms and John's like, so what's your top speed on your bike? Cause I was like, I'm going to stay in the right lane. I'm like, like it feels okay at like 68. If you do like 72, it's got like a vibration that's not pleasant. And he's like, well, my bike can do what? 85, would you say? It can do 80. 80. And I'm like, I don't want to know what mine can do. <laughs> but I was like, I don't Let me see. And I just found when I'm up doing like 70, it's in the power band. So when I just throttled a little bit, it went, <laughs> I just started shaking. And I'm like, took off like a rocket, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is, I remember riding the 690 at um, AMA Vintage Days years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what it is. I describe it as a um, Jack Russell Terrier that saw a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it becomes. And it's like, oh, I don't know how fast that bike can go. I don't <clears throat> want to know. Your Super Duke was like that. Yeah, it was like that. But I do want to say it, it was a great ride, and I, I feel like I'm back. Because yeah. at no moment did I have any hesitation yeah, you seem or like insecurity you're in the, the whole time. At, on the bike. Yeah. I, in the dirt, on the pavement, 
I felt good. Like the tires felt good. But, and I think John, you said that you felt better than usual because he aired down more than he usually does. Yeah. I screwed up and I aired down to like 11 PSI, which usually I run under like 16 to 18 in the dirt. And uh, I was a little bit like, ah, I don't want to, you know, but it, the, the KLR doesn't have so much power where you're going to spin the wheel, you know? I was like, well, on a, there's no on a lighter on bike, it. I know you can get down to like eight. So I figured like 12 you could do. But it felt, dirt, right? If yeah. Planet. Just watch for the rocks. That's so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was the best I felt in the dirt. It just was it was hooking up really well and low PSI is bitching. Oh yeah, it, it, it's nice. it's amazing. It really is. Um, yeah. I was glad because I was actually going to make a suggestion, but you might throw something at me. But I'm glad to hear. I don't think I have to now because your dirt bike's back. I was going to say you may want to consider just because of your circumstance, uh, like four wheel drive stuff, if you want to access the oh, wild. But now that you're back in your dirt bike. No, it, it felt good. I mean, we weren't doing anything crazy. Um, it was single track, though. There was, some, there was yeah. some single track, and there's some sketchy, loose parts and uphills and downhills. And But um, no, I felt good throughout, and I really felt like that bike helped me through it, you know? Uh, boy, that is a, is a good bike. It did make a very good product. It was a very good bike. It gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you throw some tender TLC on it and make that your your proper dirt bike. You know, it, it is my proper dirt bike. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, <laughs> loop the chain. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time, but um, Arlette, you did not fare so well. Oh wait, I didn't tell you the fuel thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the fuel thing. So the fuel thing. We were like, um, we should uh, gas up. I'm like, uh, I think I'll make it. So the way the KTM's work, and maybe you're more familiar with this, Emma. The KTMs don't have a fuel gauge, no. but they have a low fuel light that comes on. Sometimes. And then what happens <laughs> is the when the low fuel light comes on, a counter starts counting up. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing ever. You were counting those numbers off. I'm like, what so does this mean? So on my 990, I remember this happening, and I never knew how high it could go, but I think for some reason I had the number like 18 or 28, like this is how many miles you could go after it hits low. Um, and I nearly did that when i did that whole death valley so when you were drifting <laughs> no but um so this one i'm like okay i don't know what number but this thing start but the numbers start going one two three four i'm like this is not miles what the hell is going on we are now on 17 and we are past the point of no return of a gas station <laughs> like i'm just past the last exit and my low light comes on now i have to go over a mountain and these numbers are ticking off in the, in the, in the, going in one mile, I think it got up to like number 21 or something. I'm like, oh shit, I think I can only go up to 28. I don't know. So now this number just keeps climbing. 34. I'm counting them off to him. 49. Yeah. 55. I'm like, oh shit, we still have like five miles to go uphill. And I'm like freaking out. And this is giving me nothing but anxiety. And finally make the summit, and now it's downhill, but I'm not carrying enough speed by just coasting in traffic. So I have to still be on the throttle. 79! Yeah. 80! I'm like, fuck. What's, what's the record? Fuck, what's I, the record? I don't know. But I'm like, <laughs> High this score, is freaking Liza. me High out. Score. 99! <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. oh my God. Oh my, here comes the exit for Scotts Valley. I can get gas here. Oh my gosh. I get off on the exit, and it's up to 102. Bitching. Yeah. Did I you get have, your name on the scoreboard? On the no idea <laughs> what this number means, but it just gave me great anxiety. And so today at the garage, I was mentioning that to Charlie and Micah and other people. I'm like, this is a fucked up system. It only gives you anxiety. It gives you no helpful information. 
And Michael's the one who came up with, maybe it's a decimal point, maybe it's tenths of a mile. Well, it's not on my 990, I don't think. But on this one, I looked it up, and it's tenths of a mile that you've gone. Oh. And you need to know so how far... So you've gone like 107 tenths? Yeah. So you <laughs> Wait, need to you know how far you can go after the light comes on. Yeah. They don't tell you. You need to figure that out. <laughs> like and then it's counting for you in tenths. I'm like, this is... A terrible system. Yeah. What else? I, I agree, though, that, that nothing sucks the fun out of a ride of the looming knowledge <laughs> of you are going to run out of gas. That's the truth. <laughs> so that was my experience. Arlette, what was your experience? Ooh. Funny you should mention KTMs and gas gauges. <laughs> uh, I was coming back up from Santa Barbara on the 390 Duke, and it was a stretch of 101 um, that between gas stations, they're far apart. You get used to it on the 5. But it's just nothing. And so I'm just tooling along. It can be along. windy, too. Yeah, and cold. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I'm tooling along, and then the fuel light comes on. And mine counts down. It says 24 miles. You just count. That makes more sense. But that's, I like that. But it, I've, I've had it, like, in town, been stuck on six for miles. And, and I'm just, like, uh, I hadn't been on the highway on a long haul when the fuel light came on. So I'm just like, okay, so I know it's 25-ish. Uh, and I don't think there's a lot of gas stations nearby. And apparently I missed one because on one of like, if you're on five, <laughs> it's like middle of nowhere. And so the gas stations, you can see them for mm. a ways, but like out on 101, it's like, take that one exit and then go two miles down the yeah. farm road. And then there's a gas station that might or might not be open. And Hidden so it's by some trees or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at some point I realized that I had passed one. And I could go back, but that would be about the same distance. As, like doubling back could wasn't any closer than getting to King City. And so I'm just looking at it, and the, like the gauge is just it went 24, and then I just it just read 24 for a while while I sweated, and then I went to 16, and I was like, really? All right, because like King City's seven miles away, and I'm just. Coming up and trying to got, not go too fast, trying to conserve as much as I can, but it's a fucking three. Did, did you ever get the point where you just you tried not to look at it because it didn't matter? Yeah, and see if that would help. I uh, once I realized that I couldn't double back, I was like, "Well, I'm in." Yeah, <laughs> there's just no otherwise. I'm not going to worry about it because then I'll be worrying and in trouble, and right. I'll just deal with the trouble when it gets here. So I'm coming up a ramp, and it just goes, and I'm like. Ah, pull onto the shoulder and it was one of those stretches where everyone's doing 70 and it was just at sunset Mm. and so I pull over and I'm like maybe and I'm like trying to rock the tank because there's no reserve so I'm like maybe if I just try and slosh it and then it starts and dies again I'm like well crap and so I call roadside assistance and they're like all right we'll send someone out but the problem if you go with roadside assistance through like your insurance provider they're just going to look up a local like towing company and and send them out to you and then let you know is your gas is your um, gas feed? It's just on one side, right, Emma, on this bike. So, yeah, sloshing doesn't work as well as lay it down on its side. That's what I've heard. The secret, Caleb. But I also had all my camping gear and stuff oh, on yeah. the back. Okay, yeah, you're not getting it back up. And mm-hmm. I and it's like it was uh, just the sh- not that wide a shoulder and like seventy mile an hour traffic with trucks going by. So I don't want to do a lot of experimenting, right? Because I was watching every trailer go by with one wheel kind of coming over the white line. I'm like, I'm just gonna stay back here and. I had all my camping gear since it was cold, but like, so, you know, call roadside assistance. They say they're going to dispatch someone. I have crappy cell phone service. So they set, text me a link to, you can add your location, but I can barely load the thing. Mm. And if I'd had a little more signal, I would have just 
Googled a towing company and called them myself because the problem with the, uh, like, when you get the call center person trying to get your call and they're like, hey, so what's your location? Seven miles south of King City. Oh, can you look around and see a road sign or an exit? No. Uh, well, can you look on your map? It isn't there. <laughs> like, I had to, I had to get into a second app to find the name of the town that wasn't on the first one and so like you're on the side of the highway trucks barreling by and they're and they're giving you the like i ran out of gas downtown directions and i'm like you don't understand every time there's a break in traffic i can see the milky way yeah seven, say it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like seven miles south of king city is actually pretty good and what's like they finally like they didn't get a referred i had to call back and they like scramble to send someone he calls me and it was the local towing company so i'm like yeah so i'm here and it's seven miles south of king city on northbound 101 it's like cool be there in 10 it took him a little longer because he was looking for hazards and i don't have them on the bike and so at some point i saw a tow truck pass me and i was like because it's like this tiny black bike and this oh, you're not even highway. like a safety cone out there yeah, yeah nothing i had my helmet with all the retro reflective stickers pointing out but like it's a little bike and fast moving traffic but finally like and it's getting colder and i'm putting on my layers and swearing and finally the guy like tow truck rolls up because he called me at some point and was like can you just text me your location like pull it up on your gps i'm like yes and he was there within like 10 minutes after mm. that like hops down with a gas can pours in a couple gallons of gas and i was on my way it was <sighs> just like two hours of waiting in the cold oh, and man. a five minute act like right. stop and then i was just it was it was annoying but i like the nice part and frustrating part was the finally get the gas in fires right up and tank is really like the gauge the gauge is reading full and it was literally 15 minutes to a hotel because at some point an hour in i'm like now i'm just bored and cold and angry i don't want to ride the rest of the way home i'm getting a motel room so i booked it and like 15 minutes to the hotel door after just and so yeah it's frustrating because like people keep trying to give me advice and i'm like I know how to do this. Right. Um, and uh, so every time people are like, but what if you, I'm like, so the closest gas station was actually five miles away. So every method you come up with would have had a range of error that wouldn't have been any more accurate than five miles. I almost did it. I almost got away with it. Sometimes right. you just run out of gas. Yeah. yeah. And as, as bizarre as it sounds, I mean, here we are in the 21st century in coastal California, 101 is a very busy road, but that stretch, when you go through Paso Robles, mm -hmm. and then you go past X-Line Road, which is where all the wrecking yards are, there is nothing mm, it gets yeah. quiet. between like X-Line and all the way to King City. Mm. There used to be a gas station halfway, really old school gas station. And like it's closed down now. Mm -hmm. So there literally is nothing. And if you get stuck yeah. out there it's, it, 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 it's 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 our human error again like like the gauges on the honda right right i, I don't have a fuel gap uh, like a traditional fuel gauge i don't have a tachometer it's all um fuel like uh you know trip meter right then miles per gallon what you're getting miles per gallon and then how much fuel you've used yeah. so even though and so i know ex i knew pretty much exactly where i was going to run out of gas and and uh, or i w would have Based on that, and I still was going to run out of gas. Yeah, well, right. I, I think we all make a good argument for carrying those bottles of gas. Well, it depends. I mean, because that'll get you. I know what a, a liter of gas will get you. How far? Like five miles. It saved my ass. Five miles would have been plenty. Yeah, it so saved maybe. my ass yeah, in the Where I was at, or, I've been like, I could light my bike on fire and send up a signal. 
You know, and that's actually a valid point on a motorcycle because you always tend to think of gas in terms of gallons. And you're like, yeah, friggin' gallon, it's big clunky thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking just in terms of a litre... It That's can, like a large thermostat. It can give yes. you yeah. t- another yeah. ten miles, and it can, and that can it can really difference. get you no, out of all. True. You know, a liter is is just really a large thermos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and a good point. you can no, you can put one a sealed thermos on a bike, and it's not going to smell of gas. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a fire hazard because it's metal. It's sealed. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to take up any space, any weight. Yeah. And it might just get you. It's like probably like two pounds, right? It's not really that Oh, not even that much. And I'll say, I'll I'll, I'll rescind my comment because you're right. Um, Let's say I did have to walk. Not walking that 10 miles would have saved my ass. So even just another 10 miles is less 10 miles you got to figure out. So yeah, I'll go with that. And oftentimes, here's the bonus. When you come up with Mr. Recaltristan, four-wheel driver, mm-hmm. who says, I ain't got any gas, say, oh, come on, man. Oh, just fill that up. Yeah, I was gonna, That's true. I was going to say, or you could just be with some riding people who have bigger gas, ta- bigger gas tanks than you, and if you get a piece of vinyl tubing down, just suck out <laughs> some gas. Yeah, I just yeah. happened to have this Camelback. siphon pump with me. Camelback hose. Okay, that's what happened with us on the idea. vampire ride, <laughs> because Jeremy ran out Brilliant. twice off his bike, so he had to siphon gas from me yeah. and Charlie with twice? the adventure bikes. Yeah. <laughs> That motherfucker. <laughs> oh, and, you know, for the record, by the way, the fuel, the warning like gas gauge was reading sixteen miles left when I ran out. Oh, oh. wow, that That's, happened to me as well. Okay, so yeah, KTM is not good at the low gas counter. It's worthless. you know, it's funny. KTM and fuel. Almost all of the KTM's with problems I encounter at the shop are always fueling problems. Hmm. Always, like pumps and injectors, or just pumps. Blocked injectors, block lines, collapsing lines, hmm. um, weird pressure systems, just fuel stuff. Yeah, interesting. It seems like they haven't quite got fuel. It's like Suzuki haven't quite got charging systems fixed yet. Hmm. And KTM haven't quite fueling. got the fueling sorted yet. So are you guys ready for a game? Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. yeah? So... I got a game. So, Henry, do you play video games? I used to. I mean, yeah. Okay, you might be good. Hey, um, uh, <laughs> Emma, do you know much about locomotives? Choo-choo. It's a woman's uh, right to choo-choos. Yeah. <laughs> I choo-choo-choose you. And, <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> Bagel, you know yes. a thing or two about scooters, right? I do. All right. Uh, <laughs> I see what this Great is going. Game. So, I don't know if you guys remember this game. It's been a while since we played it. I call it This, That, or The Other. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I'm going to give you a name. Yeah. And it is either a video game, a locomotive, or a scooter. And you have to guess which category. Oh, good. Oh. Are there teams, or are we just doing this no. alone? I'm going to go around the room, wow. one okay. by one. What are the categories again? Video game, a okay. locomotive, okay. or a scooter. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to start out. I'm going to start out easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, John, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you Big Boy. Wow. <laughs> Is that a comment on my size? or? <laughs> nope. No. You just got to tell Here's me if it's a video game, a, I think a scooter, a, or a locomotive. I'm going with locomotive. That is correct. Well done. Yeah. In fact, it is a, a steam locomotive. Yeah. Well, Union Pacific. Yeah. Union Pacific big yeah, boys. Yeah. Uh, they were big. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go with Emma. Hello, darling. Let's go with Fury. 
I'm going to go Scooter. Uh, that is a video game out of Australia. Really? Yes. Are you sure you're not thinking of furry? Yeah. <laughs> it's also it's also a motorcycle. It's also a Honda. But yeah. It's like a badass scooter. It does a car. Well, no, people like naming, you know, th- mild things, wild things, because then you feel better about them, you see. Okay. That's my excuse. Arlette, let's go with Scorcher. I'm going to say Scooter just because I want that to be true. No, that's a video game out of Denmark. Jeez. <laughs> that was a curveball. <laughs> I know. Liza, where are you pulling wow. this trash from? Or, Denmark, apparently. Yes. Or uh, a level of heat for your curry. Okay. Um, you yeah, choose the enough. scorcher. All right, Henry. Shit, not the shocker. Let's go with Beeline. Is that a, a video game? A locomotive or a scooter? Beeline. I'm going to say locomotive. No, that is a scooter out of Austria. Fuck. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're very, wow. We're very wow. good at this. <laughs> All right, Jim. Yes. I'm going to go with rabbit. Ooh. Oh, the rabbit. I oh. know this. Oh, locomotive. Hope it's a tug. No, it's scooter from oh, Japan. No. It was... Um, a brand of Fuji Heavy Industries. Ooh, how do you say it in Japanese? Anyone know? Rascally rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's Elmer oh, Fudd. Rabichu. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, bagel. Onigashimasu. Yes. Firefly. Ooh, it's a Firefly. TV show. It's a good uh, show. I'm going to say video game. No, it is a steam locomotive that runs in Europe. <laughs> no. I had no idea. I thought it was a yeah. video game out of like Cambodia. You know, I thought it was a video game from the the the, the TV series or something. All right, John. Mm-hmm. Starpoint Gemini. I'm going to go video game. Yeah, out of Croatia. Whoa. What? Yes, yeah. Ooh, I do, baby. John. I think I think point that's for a, John. Yeah, that's, that's a two good points. name. That's a bitchin' train name. That would be an amazing like. Wait, I got the first one too. Oh, totally right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emma got all retro or whatever they call it. Okay, you all keep keep your own score. Steampunk. All right, Emma. Yeah. Echo. Well, I know there's a there's a car. There's Toyota Echo, but that's not one of the categories. (laughs) So I think knowing that the the Japanese manufacturers have already named a car an Echo, I'll try a scooter. No, it's a video game in Denmark. Wow, Denmark again! Danish video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Those Danes. I know. Okay, um, let's go with our lit. Let's go with Hartford. H H A R T F O R D. Hartford. Uh, Emma's trying to give you an answer. She's giving you the eyeball. No, No, I think she's staring blankly like the rest (laughs) of us. Hartford. Uh, I'm going to mix it up and say locomotive. No, it's a scooter out of Taiwan. Damn it. Oh, oh wow! Have... <laughs> oh my! Oh. There are so Did many. Did you know that bagel? I should have committed no, to the scooter I, thing. So I many of these. The same thing. Yeah. Okay. So many of these are electric scooters. Oh, oh come yeah. on! On bang bong. Exactly. <laughs> All right, almost... Henry. Yes. Arctic cat. Isn't that an ATV? It's or... a snowmobile. Yeah. yeah. Arctic Cat. <laughs> is it a video game, a locomotive, or a scooter? I'm going to say locomotive. No, it's a scooter. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Hey, yeah, Why would you? Uh, no, that, that it was out of the good old USA. 
But what do you use an Arctic cat for? Bagel. Riding around like you'd ride a scooter around. (laughs) (laughs) But do you ride it during... Oh, whatever. All right, Jim? Yes. Bonsai rabbit. Oh, (laughs) yeah, she must. That's got to be a scooter. No, that is a video game out of Australia. (laughs) It's going to be a scooter. I'm going to ride it. (laughs) All right, John? Do we do bagel? Did I do a uh, bagel? Is it your Bagel's turn? Bagel's next, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's a uh, bagel, I'm going to give you Voith Maxima. That's Star Wars shit. Voith <laughs> Maxima. I'm going to say that's a scooter. No, that's a locomotive. <laughs> oh. In fact, it's the okay. most powerful single engine diesel hydraulic locomotive ever built. Has anyone gotten wow. any one of these right yet? Yeah. <laughs> um, Diesel hydraulic. Uh, you will too. notice that Liza used her speaking voice when voice. she, <laughs> when she <laughs> tweets about it. All right, John? Toit like a tiger. <laughs> she is toit like a tiger. Faja. You are John, my Faja. You ready? <laughs> boom. 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 In zoom, zoom. <laughs> In a boom, boom room? Boom. Scooter. That's right. Out yeah. of Taiwan. Oh. Three for three, baby. John's on fire. Fire. All right, Emma? Yes. Let's go with Big Blow. <laughs> Big Blow? <laughs> Big Blow. Definitely a scooter. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, if it was a scooter. <laughs> Might be a squirter. Um, no, I'm, I'll try video game on that. No, it's a locomotive. <laughs> Big Blow? Uh, Union Pacific is a gas turbine electric. Woot. Wow. Um, I bet that yeah. thing moves. There's I probably a move. model of it in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there is. All right, you guys. Uh, cool. Arlette? Ion. A-E-O-N. Ion. Uh, what's that? Um, I'm going to say scooter. Correct. Out of us. <gasps> this yeah. one is uh, Taiwan. On the board. Taiwan, you're on the board. Oh, All right. Second, please. Henry. <laughs> yes. Dust Force. Dust Force? Dust Force. I'm going to say video game for that one. Roomba. Out of Australia. That is correct. No. Nice. Harry's on the board. All right, Jim. Doodlebug. <laughs> New nickname. Isn't he from um, Tribe <laughs> Called Quest? Isn't that Tribe Called Quest? Uh, it's not a category. What are we doing? Sewing machines, sex toys, and Broadway? Kids are past games. Video game locomotive. Doodle Kitchen appliances. Doodlebug. Doodlebug. Uh, if it's made in Asia, it'll be a video game. Otherwise, a scooter. Also, if it's made in Asia. I will go with scooter. Uh, that is correct. <gasps> it was made in the USA, 1946 oh, yep. to 1948. No kidding. Where was it made? <laughs> uh, it was a brand of the retailer Gam- Gamble's store chain. Yeah, that was like a J.C. Penney yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that sounds adorable. Uh, let's see who's up. Bagel? Yeah. Let's see. That was Doodlebug. How about Doodle Jump? <laughs> Doodle Jump. Video game. <laughs> Didn't Soul she a guest a while ago? Out of Croatia. It's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Doodle jump. Doodle jump. All right. <laughs> John. <God>. Yeah. <laughs> Venus. Scooter. Wow. Oh, how does he do this? <laughs> He's looking at your paper. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, that was a German, cards. 1953 to 1955. Do you know that one, Bagel? Yes. That is a very obscure German scooter. Are they good? I have no idea. I've never seen one. I've only read about it in a book once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Emma. Yes. 
Fire King. Fire King. Video game, locomotive, or scooter? I'll try scooter. It's a video game out of Australia. <laughs> Those Australians. Those Antipodeans. Hmm. All right. Arlette. Explorer. Uh, I have to say, this game is the most silence I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can change it. <laughs> it wasn't an invitation. It was just a comment. I got um, your disruption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to go scooter because it worked last time. Yeah. <gasps> it's an Asian yeah, yeah. scooter Ooh. that's branded in Germany. Oh, you're catching wow. up. Wow. I have two points. Wow. All right. Can we move motorcycles across the rails? Like, is each person? That's a good idea. Like that right, at the boardwalk? Henry. Yes. Royal Alloy. Royal. That's a scooter. That is correct. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in China and Thailand, Thailand, but sold in the UK. Royal Alloy. In the Royal US. Royal Alloy. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's do one more. Wait, no. Jim and the bagel. Okay. Um, We've got just a couple. I think I should just guess blind. Locomotive. Uh, I'm going to go with, all right, Jim, Wolf. Video game. Nope. It's an Asian manufactured scooter Scooter. sold in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Previously called Gorilla Motorworks. Ooh. The wolf. Is it hungry Uh, like the wolf? Yeah. All right, Bagel, we got one more. All right. Euro Sprinter. Euro Sprinter. Euro that is, Sprinter. That is a scooter. No, that is an electric no. locomotive. Oh, I was like, you uh, can't name a train a sprinter, but I guess if it's electric, you can. Dude. And that completes oh, well. the game. Who had the most points? John, did you win that? I won it. Wow. What do I get? 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 You get a big fat smooch from Miss Emma. Oh, that's well worth it. <laughs> is that a promise? <laughs> uh, Hold on. She'll show you her tatas. Go ahead. Yeah. There you go. They're very nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Make sure the video gets it. <laughs> boobies. I love them, boobies. So, what do you think of that? I always love these games. They're fun. Just, that was a good one. I, the video game threw it a little bit. Strangely like named stuff. I know. Voith Maxima. How much of that should you find on Amazon? Oh, <laughs> man, you know what? But this is the thing, and we've played this before with, um, I remember, did dot .com, um, <laughs> motorcycle, or uh, 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 Pokemon, and I've used roller coaster or or, or I, I romance thought, novel. I yeah, thought, I I thought the that. sex toy yeah. uh, sewing machine. Sex toy was sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of categories, but they keep making these new weird electric scooters and motorcycles i'm surprised you haven't thrown toasters in there yet oh, oh that's right that's a good oh i was i was looking up like uh gun companies <laughs> i was looking up all sorts of things and we're not going to get too much into it but while i was doing it i was finding a lot of cool bikes um you know uh we've been kind of following you know a lot of stuff coming out of asia and it's been shit but it's starting to get better and starting to get interesting. Um, did you guys know that uh, the, the TRK 800 is coming out? The Benelli TRK yeah. 800? Okay. Wow. Ooh, that looks interesting. But um, I also found a bunch of, let's see, I'm trying to, um, electric stuff. The There's a Coulter ES1. Um, 
North America's first affordable highway capable electric motorcycle. Oh, I they're calling about that it. One, yeah. Hmm. Um, What's it go for? Uh, they're saying that uh, where where zeros, you know, are like you know, eleven to twenty thousand. That um, this one is let's see. Well, oh, first of all, oh, the CSE California Scooter Company. They have the City Slicker at three thousand. And this one is around six thousand, so it's kind of interesting. Well, you showed me the uh, the BSA yesterday too. They're coming out with an electric and a gas powered bike. Really? Yeah, actually, the CSC is twenty eight ninety five for an electric bike. Um, it's mm. it's just starting to come on my radar. Is all right. I'm bringing it up because we've been watching these gas powered Chinese bikes getting better and better, like the Benelli's. And now I'm also seeing a ton of these electric scooters and bikes, like all these scooter companies that I was just mentioning that in this game. It's kind of interesting. I'm wondering how many different platforms they're running with because, I mean, inevitably there's going to be like four or five core platforms and they're all going back to it. What I'm seeing in some of these is uh, they have the exchangeable batteries. They come with a... where they're also setting up banks of batteries that you can go and swap That's out. That's so smart. And so they're these like lunch pail size well, batteries. Well, I mean, that's know? what makes more sense. The, the infrastructure it, comes yeah, with it. Yeah, and that makes far more sense because recharging basically goes from an hour, two hours, three hours to mm-hmm. 20 seconds. Yeah. Like a propane but, tank. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm going to keep my eye on it, and we'll talk about that more. But first, I wanted to make some announcements real quick. Yes. Uh, first of all, super stoked because in April, uh, what did I say, April 20-something, 24th, here in Half Moon Bay, which is just north of us, is an event called Dream Machines. And it's yep. been years since I've gone. Um, and it's at the... Airport, Half Moon Bay Airport, which is not really used much. They used to have a bitch in breakfast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's tamale with an egg. Um, good. And it's it features planes, cars, and motorcycles. Right. It's a pretty pretty legit big, oh, yeah. big it, outdoor event. It has a little bit of everything. So you'll get some crazy stuff, you know, like the VW bus that's got like a jet-powered <laughs> engine in it and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but the thing that I am most excited about is a whole nother subculture in the motorcycle world that I don't know that we've ever talked about. And it's the subculture of unimotorcycle racing. Have you have you guys what? ever seen this? Unimotorcycle racing? I've only seen the, the videos from the Dream Machine thing. I suggest looking it up. Um, what it is, is it's a hundred, I think a hundred yard uh, race or, or 100 foot it's not very far it's a drag race in the grass on motorcycles that have had the front end removed so imagine oh, a motorcycle yeah, 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 yeah. where you take the whole front end off and then you take the handlebars and you now weld them to the back of the frame like where the seat would be right, right. Or, above the rear wheel and then you also weld onto the frame some skid like almost like dog sled that skids. you stand on you stand on um so you that stand when behind the bike you stand behind the bike 
And In like a chariot that's being <laughs> yep. pulled. Yeah. <laughs> right. But these skids are are not sitting on the ground. They're kind of up in the air so that when you take off, it basically wheelies and the skids go down onto the ground. But you don't, you don't want to have too much drag. You really want it to be perfectly balanced so that the engine and you are the sit close to the same weight, right? Or the engine's heavier than you. And you throttle and it's like, wow, on one wheel <laughs> down the track. Oh it's crazy. Unimotorcycle. But I wanted to read to you real quick the um, the rules of unimotorcycle <laughs> racing, or as they call it, the Ten Commandments yeah. of this. Uh, so oh, <laughs> this is a, the Ten Commandments for their, their racing series. Okay. Uh, thou shall only race from a standing stop to the end of a hundred foot strips, a hundred feet, which is constructed of an unpaved surface. Winner having the fastest time. Thou shall use only one wheel. Thou shall only use a power plant that is over five years old. Thou shall only use a power plant that is stock for whatever its intended use was. Okay. And thou shall not exceed the size exceed the size limits of four feet in width or eight feet in length. Okay. Thou shall employ a dead man switch, which shall render the beast inoperable in the event that the pilot is launched. <laughs> <laughs> Because you have to remember, there's really no brake. When you brake, that means the front end plows into the dirt and you get launched. <laughs> I would love to see one of those things just rampaging without a... Let's <laughs> see. Thou shall consider steering and brakes optional. Thou <laughs> shalt not touch the ground forward of the axle during any run. And thou shalt touch the ground only rear of the axle during any run, but may not exceed the size limitations. For more information, contact American National Unimotorcyclist Society. Yes. This is a weird subsect. And it is so much fun because these things take off and you can't steer. I mean, but if they start veering towards the crowd, which is lining the sides, (laughs) they have to power down and then they get launched. (laughs) This sounds like murder segues. Yeah, you can look it up. It's pretty cool looking, isn't it, Henry? Jesus Christ, holy oh, shit. God. Can I, can I <laughs> right? say that, Henry? It's worse than murder segues. Oh. So that is coming in April. Um, it's on a Sunday, but I feel it's worthy of closing the garage and, and, all, and we Field all go. It, it looks insane. It's like it something is insane. Like they would do in Germany or something. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have all sorts of other things going on there. Like they're going to have um, stunt riders, um, monster trucks. You can ride in a monster truck. What? Oh, yeah. They have all, and music, and airplanes, and all, cars and trucks. Throw some wrenches and a hammer into a bag and run the garage from there for the day. Yeah, dude. (laughs) It'd be fun to buy an SSR and convert it into this and run the SSR in that. Oh, and that's the thing, too. (laughs) Because I know there's there's classes, right? There's classes. Um, Anything, let's see, the classes were all different sizes from 0 to 199 cc's. Uh, and then up, uh, their classes are, oh, there's an electric class. <laughs> That's great. Uh, electric class. Uh, then there's zero to 199cc, 200 to 399cc, 400 to 749, and the 750 to unlimited. Oh, right. What? <laughs> mm. Now, well, this would be the exact opposite of a stretched BUSA. Yes. <laughs> right? A shortened BUSA. A shortened BUSA. 
<laughs> this would be perfect for a squiggy from NoCo. So if you have a bike with front end damage that is in good working order, then you have a bike that can really enter the race. Bad decision making. <laughs> and and if you if you have a Vespa, you can just take the engine and build a frame around it. Yeah. <laughs> Bend forks, no problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. Can you attach fireworks somewhere? Sure. <laughs> Um, Why not? Exactly. It's something switch for them. I recommend (laughs) checking. There's some YouTube videos of unimotorcycling, but I love these little sub cultures within the motorcycling community that a lot of people just didn't know about. And it's been years since I've seen them do it, but it is a spectacle. You just wish you could be there for the first one. And and I will say, there's not a lot of them. There may be like six guys racing over and over, Mm. and they're like getting launched. (laughs) It is fun. We should sponsor Henry to go do that. I think it'd be great for him. I know. Well, Emma's got a CBR 1000 RR she needs to sell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, that's I'm... no, that's leaving on Wednesday, Liza. <laughs> um, oh, I, another announcement. Oh, this is good. You guys, our friend uh, Reg Cottrell came by today. Uh, he's been a guest oh, yeah. on the show. Yeah. He's a yep. local guy who is a writer. He's written some books about like aging and writing. Um <laughs> He's, I think he said he's like 80 or 79 or 80 now. So he just uh, finished another book and it's called Ride Right. And this is cool. What he did is he had um, writers, not writers, writers share their short stories and he put them all together and published them. So um, these are people who don't normally write stories but are sharing their stories. And, you know, he, he and I were talking about some of the best stories aren't, necessarily the people who've like done an amazing thing like set a record or ridden around the world but just you know uh, the woman who with two kids who gets back to writing or or you know somebody who starts late in life because more people can relate to that right and be inspired than that than somebody who goes around the world um but here's the exciting thing so he dropped off a book if anyone here wants to borrow it and read it but he's about to do the second edition and he's looking for submissions if anyone is interested in submitting a story to be published in his book. And he sent, let's see, it's uh, Cottrell at comcast.net. So R-E-G dot K-I-T-T-R-E-L-L-E at comcast.net. Um, and you can reach out to him there. And... Um, it's really cool, and it's got a lot of photos and people's stories. And I think it's cool what he's doing is he's collecting these stories uh, from people. So if you're interested in that, yeah, reach out to reg.cottrell at comcast.net. He came up on that cool uh, Triumph Bobber. Yeah, he that did. That was a great-looking bike. Yeah, he did. And then uh, another quick announcement. Uh, John Stumpistan, which I can't believe we're talking. <laughs> well, Moyne's calling it Stumpy's Land of the Giants, of course. So. Stumpy's Land of the Giants. Stump, That's a nice ring to it. it does, yes. Yeah. Uh, so just a reminder, everyone, you're doing your trip to Pakistan group trip. This is a co-ed trip. It is. And it is in May? It's in June. 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 May 31st to June okay. 18th. And uh, people can still sign up for it. And I actually mentioned a yeah. grudge. He he was kind of, he was like I heard you talk about it on the show I was kind of interested, I, but he's like I've been having some trouble with like my back and I didn't know I'm like dude you're, it's little bikes, like so, it's anyone can do it. So um, 
I'm getting interest now. So I just want to encourage everybody, if you're interested in this, you can either um, email Liza or myself at john at bigthumpers.com or go to Moyne's website at a different agenda. Really, the best thing to do is, because you have a lot of people who said they're interested yeah. and, and you need to email them, they need to put a deposit down. And right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, we want to, yeah. you don't want to miss this spot. So the spots are starting to go quickly. So if you want to go on this, put a deposit down and make it happen, Captain. Yeah, because Arlette just put her deposit down on Chicka's Good Day. Good job. I did. Nice. <laughs> yeah, my birthday present back. to myself. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, which uh, they, you can find them both at a differentagenda.com. Um, and we are, our Chickasan spots are filling up fast. It's, it's next year. And it's. You got yeah, the Rockstar right, trip yeah. happening. I think I've already got eight slots uh, secured. I know. We must be really cool. Well, the really cool thing is about half the girls from the last trip are signed up to come on this one, which uh, says you're doing something good. It was a good time. It was an awesome occur. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm stoked about your trip, John, and yeah. I just want to make sure people go and sign up for that. Um, so our topic tonight, I wanted to talk about, remember last week I said, let's talk about super bikes. Let's, let's talk about the top 10 super bikes in the world, right? Ever. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about soup. No. <laughs> super yeah, bikes. Yeah, I thought it was super bikes. bikes. Yeah, I bike powder, so I was, yeah. Split pea soup. Oh, matzo ball. Minestrone. Sure. Oh, I'm just curious, Bagel. What would be yeah. the super bike of scooters? Ooh. Um, if you're talking vintage scooters. I mean, um, any. Any. <laughs> <clears throat> well, like vintage, I, w- I would say probably the Rumi 250. Had, would have would have had to have been like the super bike of scooters back in the sixties. Um, today, jeez, you know, the, um, I was going to say the Italjet dragster. Oh, dragster, right? The dragster's yeah, got to be in there. That was one from the nineties for sure. Um, these days, God, I don't even know. I mean, it's it's all. It's not really Maybe geared towards performance. PC eight hundred. <laughs> no, the, the, the Bergman six fifty is yeah, on that there list. You go. <clears throat> It's yeah, I know. Such a couch, um, though. It doesn't. Superbikes aren't couches. <laughs> but here's where. So we wanted to come up with a, a top ten list. But the conversation that preceded that is what qualifies a bike as a superbike. Emma, for you, what is your uh, definition or, or, or criteria for a bike to be a superbike? We, th- I think you need to get back to actually the term superbike yeah. because the term superbike was only ever a nickname there's never been a definitive superbike it was a a kind of nickname coined for anything that really was and to me a superbike would be i mean it's a, it's definitely a larger bike but it is anything that is so far ahead or advanced of anything else that was around at the time. All right, so let me just ask you this: just we're not doing top ten necessarily, but just list a superbike. What's a superbike? List a superbike. I'll go back to the very first Triumph Trident. Okay. Um, how about this, uh, Henry? Can you name a super sport? When I say super sport, name a super sport. Uh, CBR nine hundred double uh, R. Okay, and uh, Arlette, how about a sport bike? Name any sport bike. <laughs> uh, I am drawing a blank because I was completely unprepared. <laughs> any sport bike at all. 
<laughs> this feels like a trick. <laughs> there, look around you. No, there's just a name. Any sport bike. It's that s- simple. Really, nothing. I just no. She out. she meant right, John, she meant to say ZX6. Uh, okay, ZX6. I'll take it. Sure. Um, I mean, sport bike is anything of that style, right. really. A Ninja 250 is a sport bike. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty wide range. And have we really nailed the definition yet of a super bike? Th- no, because I don't think we're there getting is there. A but I'm saying what I'm saying is, sport bike we know as a style, right? Um, now super sport is two things. One, it is models like Ducati had a super sport 900 yes. SS, but it's also a classification. It's a class. For right. Racing, well, there's racing, right? racing yeah. super stock. So that super one sport. is easier because there's things that you can actually define. It's either a class or it's a model, right? And Honda actually, mm-hmm. uh, on a lot of models in the 70s, going through to the early 80s, mm-hmm. Honda will actually, would actually put that on the fuel tank. Yeah. So you, you'd have the Honda emblem on the tank and underneath you'd have super sport. Um, a Knox uh, Hawk. Uh, that's a super sport. No, that's it? a super hawk. Super Hawk, would that be a super sport? That's an interesting bike. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying I'd there's say similar classifications. You it's, know? it's similar classifications okay. in its own way, but Honda very, really very much liked that term. So uh, would you say a Super Hawk is a super sport? I'll go for it, yeah. I think there's enough going on there that makes it, Jim, what what's your <clears throat> classification for something to be a superbike? So I, I came up with three criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, the more traditional being um, purpose built, highly modified, right? So you look at the the bikes that are doing uh, Moto America, that kind of stuff, or even look at some. De- I'm looking at an old BSA right now that's been highly modified for race. A BSA Gold Star, ah, highly modified for right. racing. So, for uh, so you, with, that's two of them. So yeah. highly modified, purpose built for, and you got to be like. Gee, that bike's super. <laughs> like you look at it, and right. you're like, that bike's fucking and super. Like, and it's highly modified and purpose built. I would say a lot of the vintage racing bikes we see at Laguna Seca could be. So yeah, it's not. It's so not super for you, stock, it is super a sport AMA racing race specific bike would be a super sport. Not purpose built. Uh, no, wait, I thought you said it is purpose built. Well, purpose built for what though? But it could also be. But, um, but you said. But I'm just saying. So it's a bike that has been. Modified or enhanced for racing? No, it could be. Let's take that bobber that uh, Reggie came in on today. Yeah. Say that had Triumph been highly, bobber. yeah. Say it had been highly modified, and he put different suspension and kind of all sorts of shit. But it was purpose built for what he wanted to do, which was cruise. And you said, "Damn, that bike looks super." <laughs> and it was. Pre- I'm trying to broaden it because yeah, yeah, we get right. stuck in okay. this racing definition yeah, of um, of it of it's a it's a it's a ninja whatever with modified this and it races in Moto America. I, I think you broaden. You're like, dude, that bike stimulates my stoke. It's fucking super. It's purpose built. And it's pitching. Jim. <laughs> Jim is actually not alone in that in that point of view that it has to be modified. All right, bagel. Yeah, I think so. It has to be modified. Yeah. <coughs> What's yours, <Well>, bagel? <clears throat> well, I, I did want to mention in the scooter world, there was actually a super sport that Vespa made from 1964 to 68, which was their flagship 180cc model. That have about seven horsepower. Uh, maybe eight. Oh, well, it's a bit more than that. It's a piston ported uh, 180cc two stroke, and um, yeah, they were, it was quite a sporty bike back in the day. It was right. it was kind of the uh, the the from their flagship model. And if it were if it weren't for the Rumi 250, it 
would have been one of the fast, one of the most fastest uh, scooters available back in those days. So for me, the criteria that I was coming up with, and and just to be clear, I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer yet. I mean, these are our opinions. I can't right. find any exact definition, but for me, super bike is a bike that comes from a racing lineage in that the technology from the racetrack has been passed down to a stock street bike. So opposite of what you're saying, Jim. Well, look at I, I, you can also look at it this way is, well, what was the first super bike? Was it like the Kawasaki? Well, no, it's the Trident. The Trident, yeah. Well, so and I, that, I would, would, that would be your definition of I, a super bike. See, I, don't, I wouldn't agree with that. So I would say Trident is a super bike. I agree that it's a super bike. It's I don't super. know it's a first. Only because I would say a super bike is a high capacity, high leader, like a leader bike or, mm-hmm. or approaching that for a multi-cylinder bike or, you know, a 750 and above for, for a twin that can can be adapted to the racetrack as one of the best motorcycles of its time in terms of racing. So well, think about CB750s. You, yeah, but you've just thrown that out, John. Why is that? Well, CB750 is a four-cylinder. Right. And it's 750. But it was, so it doesn't make your list. Kawasaki Z1 is 903. It's a four-cylinder. But remember, it didn't the, make your list. My point is the definition of a superbike in the 70s would have been a, a, a 750. Well. And, a, and now it's moved up to more leader bikes. A CBR600RR is a That's super, super sport. Mm. So, I mean, and there were three today when we were having this discussion, three claims of the first superbike. Well, the R90S always gets a look in. Um, and yeah, everyone refers to the CB750 as the first What about the, what was the Kawasaki two-stroke triple? The H1s and the H2s. No, I, they were never regarded as mm, yeah. superbikes. Okay. The well, Z1 every, was every inch the superbike. What, what, what were the first what, Japanese what, what, superbike then? Probably the CB750. Okay. Right. And the only reason the Trident was ahead of it was just in terms of time the trident I, beat the cb750 by about four months and I, that was I, it had they I, been I, launched together i have a question um yeah. <clears throat> with the kawasaki triples was was the reason why they're not considered super bikes because of how poor their handling was and they just weren't that rideable at high speeds you know what i think and this is where i think we get into the core of the definition mm-hmm. <laughs> because the term superbike really is a slang term Super sport is a definite term. Mm-hmm. Racing is a definite term. Superbike's a slang term. And I think because it's a slang term, the bike's got to just have a little touch of exotic about it. And I think the Z1 has got a touch of exotic about it that the H1s and the H2s don't. So- the H1s and the H2s are very, very brutal, very fast machines but ultimately they're very simple machines there's a complexity to the z1 that really elevates it into exotic status so that makes the cut and they but don't when you say exotic you mean that it, it it's it's at a, a a better a higher level of performance i think, I think it's just or, a sophistication i think sophistication has well, to be included in there as well see i would call a lot of those bikes i'd call them hypersports some of the more exotic bikes, as opposed to super. Well, now, no, we're talking back forty years ago. Well, John. like yeah. in the context of the time, like would you say <clears throat> the Indian that the Wrecking Crews rode in the twenties and thirties would that be a super bike in its time? No, that's no. a race bike. Mm. 
Yeah, but it was built well, on no, a production so, model. Wasn't well, but it? here's 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 the point that I was I wanted to get at though is that I, and now I'm coming from the outside as a scooterist here, but but it seems to me like a superbike is a bike that has to do everything well. So that means right. it's got to not just have lots of power, right? But it also has to handle well. Yes, it's got to have good good feel. It's got to have good brakes. Uh, it's got to do everything well because if, if it's to be elevated to that super status, right? And the- it's got to be of a certain level. And that's where the H1s and the H2s fell short. Exactly. Because they simply, as fast as they were, they simply didn't handle well. So, and and I can can follow up on that in that my criteria of having to be technology passed down from factory racing, using that criteria that has to handle well, exceptionally um, engine and handling, Something like the V rod, which came down from race technology, would not be in that list because it doesn't. There have, was no race technology in the V rod. It was, it was Porsche engineering. Yeah, yeah but that comes that, from race it, technology. It's not a highly it's modified, modified, but still, but the, it was all about the power and the engine, that but not about the handling. Oh, so I, I'm just saying right. that is part that partners in with my criteria. I'll, I'll throw one out just to kind of challenge the narrative a bit yeah. in the sense that what about Kenny Roberts TZ seven fifty flat track bike, would that be considered? It wasn't production. See, I, th- I think yeah. production. I think so it has to be production. production? Okay. How, however, the RZ five hundred, which was kind of a street derivative of that bike, is every inch the superbike. Yeah. As is the RG five hundred Suzuki. So right. those right. nasty. Those ones. are definitely superbikes. Is it? Although we saw Laguna. Yeah, we saw a yeah, yeah we saw yeah. an, an RC pointing them out um, and an RG. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, probably people will throw me under the bus for this. I think the RG is a far prettier. So, bike. would you consider a Norton Commando to be a superbike, especially the eight fifty? But maybe even the same yeah, bike. it was at the time. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So, I want to just start. Let's let's start grabbing some of the low hanging fruit on this top yeah. ten list. And I just wanted to throw out, and everyone can have the, the chance to throw out one that they think is, is a no-brainer. I, I'm going to say the R1. Yeah, I agree Yamaha with that. Yamaha R1 is a superbike that's in the top 10. It's been around a long time. It comes from the racing lineage. It has advanced over the years, become a better and better bike. Um, it's crazy fast. I can, You know, and I think you can even go back further than that. I can say, think you can say the FCR 1000 is a superbike. But, and all, but, and but all its not, children um, and grandchildren. Top 10. We're not saying uh, what a super buy. I'm saying let's top take 10. the low-hanging okay. fruit for top 10 right now. There you go. I propose Yamaha R1. All right. Who wants to throw out something they think is a top 10 super bike? No-brainer. Well, Breton? Ooh, well, it's not produ- is that not considered production? It's not production. No. production. Mm. Okay. Um, S1000RR? Yes. I mean, rival to yeah. the... It's a super bike, but it's a top 10, though. I think Ooh, it, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, it is a sure rival to the R1. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so Emma S1000 RR. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, you know. Okay. All right. So, Anyone else have so one? So I would what start. About, what about? Go ahead. Yeah? What about the H2R? <sighs> That's a high. I would call it a hyper hyper bike. The Kawasaki the H2R. That's, I mean, that, it, I was going to say that I, is such lofty ground. But isn't I it? don't uh-huh. know if it's a top bike. Hmm. It's a supercharged motorcycle. I think, I you think, can buy exactly. the warranty, though. I think it is a superbike. I don't think it's a top bike. And the reason hmm. I chose these two bikes because these are bang for the buck. 
what you're getting from the money you're spending is an amazing bike. Can we say that the H2R at what was it 50 grand, yeah. 80 grand, something like that? That oh, wow. it's amazing value. Not so much. <laughs> no, it's a super bike. I don't know if it's top ten. Okay. Well, there was the street going version of the H two, but that only costs that only costs twenty five grand. Yeah, I know. I don't think it's top. Um, Emma, what do you think? Do you want to throw out what the first super bike? No, I mean, it w- well, already the Trident is definitely the first. But do you do whether you make, it stands it make top in the 10? top ten? I don't think so now because then, there's some pretty heady company. Does the CB seven fifty then? No. Okay. No, really. Um. I'll put in the the um, MV Augusta America. Uh, that's uh, that's every inch of the superbike, and that pushes all the buttons. That's yeah. got race pedigree. Yep. It's got road pedigree. It was fabulously expensive. It was crushingly beautiful. It did absolutely everything you wanted it to. America. And that's above the Bemotas that came afterwards, because mm, I think Bemotas. the Bemotas, as superbike as they were, yeah. That's really a hand-built, just collector bike that you can buy. Okay, what about Jixer 750? Yes, is it a super bike? Is it top ten? And a thousand, like you got to loop a thousand in there with it, I think too. Well, I mean, the 750 really did started it. Yeah, yeah, make a name. It's a popular bike, and it made an impact in the world. I think. Yeah, I think so. Everyone agree? Jixer 750. Yeah. Right. And you can't include the whole range because, I mean, there were some missteps along the way. I mean, 91 was not a good year for Jixxers. How about a GPZ? Yeah, so, yeah. A GPZ so, 1100? Yeah. The, the Gen 1, the GPZ 1100 yeah. B1 with the DFI fuel injection, that's it. All the others, chuck them out. Huh. Um, and for me, it's interesting watching the... The really when you the GPZ, I, I follow it back. You had the KZ 750 twin, which became the KZ 754, right. which was then the motor that went into the GPZ right. 750. But you're missing the KZ 900 and thousands. No, I'm I'm saying I'm talking about the chronolo- chronological mm-hmm. yeah the, the 750 750 twin turned into 754, which looked like a, a street bike, but it had the same engine that then kind of went into the GPZ, you know, which then became the 1100. Funnily, and so, which when did it become a superbike? You know, and I I'm not even really sure that the little ones ever did. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 1100s, and. The thing is, were they so different when they were out? When that, when the B1 came out in 1980, 81, the 1100, it was like, what in the name of hell is that? Yeah. And it got fuel injection. It's like, I, my God. I've had three of them. Yeah. Uh, I definitely you had, had the Batmobiles, them. though, didn't you? You didn't have the twin shock ones. Uh, no, no, no. I had the monoshock. Yeah. yeah. You should have a look at the, yeah. the, the original, the twin shock. It's a wild-looking thing. So where would you put the Hayabusa? Is that a super bike? Mm, that's almost a sport touring bike. It is almost. It's big. Kind of like the Blackbird. Mm. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what to make of them. The Blackbird, even though it's got a lineage that goes back, I'd be more likely to put a Gen 1 Hurricane as a superbike and a Blackbird is not, hmm. as strange as well, that sounds. I mean, and the question is, um, the, the Hayabusa, does it make top 10? No. I mean, I think it... Yeah, that's a hard one. I, I do stretched. not see... 
But so they, they, didn't, ra- they yeah. didn't race Hayabusa's, right? No, they didn't. But right. if, well, they dragged, if, they dragged well, they, them. I think they did some endurance racing with right. Hayabusa's back in the day, like the Yoshimura team, but they could never get the frame it, right. If you want to go 200 miles an hour, Hayabusa, there's no better place to start than a Hayabusa. It doesn't take much but to get a, a Hayabusa over 200. I don't know. I kind of think I, it is, I, does actually. Does it have the same handling that these bikes that we listed I mean, it has the same handling as a GPZ, but it's 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 newer than a GPZ. So, I think, um, yeah. Here's one thing we didn't clarify: for it to be a super bike, does it have to be a sport bike? Oh no! Oh yeah, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Not completely. Well, like a Knox XR650R comes from le- racing lineage, right? Is that a super bike? No. Okay. So you would say the VMAX is a super bike then? No. No. What about the CBX? No, I think I think what. Uh, tell me if uh, I'm recapping this right. I think uh, I'm still sticking with kind of um, uh, uh, race technology heritage, and coupled with sport bike styling, and uh, coupled with it has to have not just power, but the handling has to be superior as well. So that's brake and suspension. I've got one for your list. The bike right behind you. Ducati 916. Yeah, I, I was looking at one right there, too. There's one. Uh, yeah, they got yeah. a bunch of them. Triple nine. There, sure. I mean, there's a bunch of Ducatis, but do they make top 10? The 916, I think, I does. think probably the 916 should. Not the 996 or 748. No. No, 916, yeah, it did make a big impact. The 916 really set uh, the bar. Anyone else so. got a problem with that? I'll, I'll go with that. 916 was yep. a hell of a bike. Um. All right. So, what about vintage? We need to talk about like heritage here. Going back, how how far do you want to go? Is a Vincent? Yeah, I mean, you know, the term. If you'd have gone and asked Phil Irving if his bike was a super bike, he'd probably have punched him in the face. I mean, it's such a colloquial term. But I think if we if we include the criteria that we're doing, yeah, it's a superbike. Did they ever, they ever race those, Emma? Um, no, no, no. It's not a racing bike. Well, and and Adrian had suggested to add to the criteria that it's uh, a bike that yeah is far and above beyond um, the standard bikes available. Um, so, which in, if we include that, it certainly is. Well, and I mean, if we're Including uh, racing bikes. What's the uh, the Harley? The the it's based off the Sportster twelve hundred. Oh, the XR seven fifty. Yeah, like the XR six seven fifty. Oh, they, is that a super bike? I don't think so. No, but no. There's one off. What's off the twelve hundred that you can buy? Um, it's like flat track style. Yeah, it's the XR. Is it is the XR? Yeah, XR twelve hundred. No, no, I don't no, think not so. Not a super bike. All right. Um, so. We have a Yamaha, we have a BMW, an MV Augusta, a Suzuki, a Kawasaki, a Ducati. What about, I hate to say, what about the Bonneville in this time? Yeah, and see, we were talking about... We've, we've talked uh, about this before, and as good as the Bonneville was... I mean, there were it, Triumph Factory racers in all different styles. There was, but it wasn't that much better than everything else. You know the Spitfire. The Spitfire was a quicker bike. 
it couldn't hold itself together as well. But Spitfires were quicker. Um, and the Dominators and the Atlases also were, were quick, but they didn't, they shook a little more. So with the Bonneville, you had this like complete package. But whether that elevates it to Superbike standard. I think we're all eyeing around the room and all the bikes about, around us. What about the uh, the old uh, Honda CBR 900, the one that came out in the 90s? The Fireblade? Yeah. The original Fireblade. Is that is that a Superbike? I think it probably is. You know, there's a great story that when that bike came out, mm. I was working I was working at a Honda dealer when that came bike came out. Oh. And Motorcycle News got a hold of one. And um the guy wrecked it within half an hour. Just destroyed it. Oh. So I mean of what all if- the Hondas. What is the best sport or super bike they've ever made? Is it the CBR nine hundred? But they, but you see that mm-hmm. there's such a broad span. Or is it the CBR one thousand RR of time? There's such a broad span of time, and of course, a CBR one thousand RR is a far better bike than a Honda CB seven fifty because it's had yeah. fifty years development but behind compared it. Compared to everything else at the compared time. to everything else at the time. What about like an RC thirty? Because that was that's direct racing lineage. It was production model for the street. Oh, that's almost a race rep, though, isn't it? Or an NSR? Is that a superbike? A race replica. Yeah. How about the? Uh, let's go way back. The BMW was it R thirty six? No. So wait, because that well, was a pretty the, hot bike in its it time. It was a hot it? bike in its time. The first BMW that you could consider a superbike is definitely the R90S. Are we putting, if you could even consider it one. Are we putting a CBR on this list of top superbikes We should. I almost think it's the CBR 600RR. I think it's got to be a leader bike to be a superbike. F4i? God, that was a good bike. It was a good bike. But I, I know. But would the original 900, when it came out at the time... It well, was, that's what I'm trying to compare. The 900 was, to the 600. It was but more whether powerful. it... And this is where we go back into the or definition the super of superbike. I'd be almost more inclined to put the Hurricane, the 1000 Hurricane, into the superbike category more than the Fireblade. Yeah, it almost you know it's it kind of well, almost fits. And the we bill put more. the GPZ on, but we didn't put um, no nin- Ninja Thousand. We didn't put the uh, what was the Hondas at the time that came out the oh the Interceptor Interceptor yeah the V forty five oh they they were not good bikes no okay but they were they were so, raced a bunch weren't they I don't, I'm gonna you know I'm kind of leaning towards <laughs> the CBR nine hundred as a super super bike it's a super sport oh so you want to go Hurricane. I don't know. I think I might. Henry, do you back her on that? Well, the thing, the thing is that the nine with the nine hundred when it came out, it weighed as much as a six hundred at the time, and yeah. it produced a lot more power right. compared to everything else. But but in terms of sheer performance, yes, it was a great bike. But we're not necessarily yeah. just talking about performance. I'm going to go with a Hurricane. Mm-hmm, I'll let her have it. How about the uh, thousand Hurricane? How about the Aero Square Four? No, God, no. How much fun can you have with 27 horsepower? <laughs> well, in his time, though, again. No. No? <laughs> no, Bonneville's made 40 horsepower. Yeah, that's true. 
We need three more for this list. If we want to go old, what about like the old Hendersons and Aces, the inline yeah. fours that they there had? There you go. I think that warrants mm. it because look, yeah, it's a got bike, it, but and the, of the Vincent day. doesn't make it. No, the Vincent made it. The I Vincent think, wasn't on here, so we do. Well, I think we should put the Vincent on it. I think Phil Irving would have a problem with that, even though it didn't race. Term, yeah, because mm. I. Th- think in terms of well, just raw performance and build and exotic and just it did everything just that little bit better you would do the really, black, black shadow or the lightning go ahead go bagel well, well, i was gonna say really free would disagree with you saying it didn't race well that's land speed i mean <laughs> yeah i mean that's just like a race one they no they race not on everything. a track no the black shadow black shadow yeah the black shadow Doesn't everyone go to vincent black yep. shadow yep Okay. All right. We got two more spots left. So historically though, I mean, I think we should have first superbike. I mean, that's a bike that has now elevated itself to a new status. There's three claims to that so far. The BMW and the Honda CB750 and the Triumph Trident, right? And I think So who did it best? Well, and that's the the other question. How do you define the slang term? Compared to anything else available at that time. So what were the three? 750, Honda, yeah, Trident. Yeah, the, the R90. And the R90. And the Trident. I mean, if we're saying the Superbike is something that has elevated itself to a, a higher level than everything else, right? We're missing a thousand Ninja. Because it's raced everywhere now. Yeah, but that came from the GPZ. So... Let's go back to your question. So this is very easy to answer. Jonathan, and you can Jonathan just go Ray down. <laughs> you can you can just go around the room. Mint on Mint Honda CB750, Mint BMW R90s, Mint Triumph Strident. Ooh. Which Jim, do you want? Which would you rather put, take on the track? No, just which is no, no, we're no, not talking on. track. It, it is because the whole point of a super bike is something that says let's go win a race. Which one would you take on the No, track? it doesn't. We, we already went beyond that definition. It encompasses a lot of things. Which one would you take on the track? The Triumph. There you no. go. There's one for the Triumph. There you yeah. go. Henry? What, what are they? R90S CB750. Triumph Trident. I, I think that the R90S was more in style. I love you, Emma, but I'm going to have to go with the CB750 myself. There you go, and I agree with that. But you know, but well, back to the Trident. I remember you brought in that rack of carbs you had built for the Trident. Yes. Yeah, and it that's a it's a fast, clean, they they modified stock though. bike. They never raced them. Yeah. Oh, Tridents? They did. Oh, I did John. not know that. I did well, not. Daytona. Oh. From the 60s up until the early 70s. Oh, I thought they rode the twins. No, there's a picture of a Trident, number 24, bottom right. Uh, Tridents were one of the most winning bikes in uh, in US and British road racing history. Let me ask you this. My criteria that says that it evolved from race technology, did the Honda CB750 come, did they take race technology and put it into a street bike? Indirectly, yes. Yeah, what, what was it that they got that from? Well, I mean, you could argue that Honda developed, um, effectively developed multi-cylinder engines. They developed overhead cam technology. They developed multi-carb technology. They developed a lot of the stuff on the track that wasn't necessarily for 750. Well, you could say the same about the Goldwing. 
No, he couldn't. No. No? That it was no. benefited from racetrack technology? No? Every single bike on the road has right. benefited well, from racetrack technology. But, okay. um, you know, the, a lot of the lessons that Honda learnt on the track they put into the 750. So I've got one. What about the? Hold on. Are we going to include the CB750? Yes. Arlette, what do you think? Uh, on which question? <laughs> <laughs> there were two questions going. Blurred. Do we include the CB750 as uh, one of the top superbikes of all time? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about the? She super, said so. What about the Super Duke? That's a, I was, a sport bike, not necessarily a super bike. I was wondering about that too. Are mm. they racing? KTM racing this? No, no, they don't. I don't think so. I'm, they race a smaller bike. I don't know that KTM yeah. has a super bike. Well, they're racing they in no. well, they the, used to have the RC, but I'm, I'm, they I, used to have the RCA, but that never. So, aren't they racing a world super bike now? Uh, or or MotoGP? No. What about like a TX or something? They're racing MotoGP. No, no but that's I don't not, think it's exotic enough. And interestingly enough, I think the one of the major reasons that should preclude something like a Super Duke is it shares its engine with many other things. Huh. So because of that, so if you're going to include a Super Duke, do you include an Aprilia Capanor? Do you include, um, what else has got that friggin' engine in it? There's a bunch of stuff with it. Um, anything with that big Rotax 1000 engine. Her SMT. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking around the room also well, and thinking, is there, uh, John does have an argument out there for the Which uh, one? for the ninja, and uh, it's not off the table yet. Are there any Moto Guzzi's that are super bike? Oh God, yeah, the Le Mans. Oh, the Le Mans. Le Mans, yeah, the original Le Mans, yeah, eight fifty. Is that one belong on the top ten list? Hmm. I think it's very easy to look back nostalgically at them. I mean, they were always a bit of a tractor, but they were quick. You know, there is an argument. And again, we, because we're dealing with slang terms, which were the ones that you had up on the poster when you were a kid and drooled mm. over? Maraguzzi Le Mans, Benelli 6, Ooh. Van Veen OCR. These were all the ones that made the posters that you hung up on your bedroom wall. All right, I'm gonna. We've got nine. We got one spot left. Ninja I'm going to reread this, and then we have what year? We have one last push. So on our top ten list, top ten superbikes of all time. Yamaha R1, BMW yes. S1000RR, yep. MV Augusta America, mm -hmm. uh, the Suzuki GSXR 1250, Ducati has any other a triple nine, maybe? Uh, yeah, I would say the eight 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 was probably would be a better case for that. Or I'm actually thinking um, the when we we put the Honda Hurricane on instead of the CBR one thousand RR. I'm wondering if that's a better bike than the than the it's Kawasaki. Sport. It's certainly sport than the Ninja. But no. you see, you're, you're still you're going back to this focus on sport, and I think the term yeah. superbike encompasses a lot of things. That sport is one of them. <clears throat> it's, it is so difficult to define a slang term. All right, how about this? 
We've got the nine. How about we ask our listeners to submit the tenth? Good idea. And then we can vote on it on the next show. There you go. You yep. guys like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. <coughs> All right. So, uh, Yamaha R1, uh, BMW S1000RR, MV Augusta America, Suzuki Jixxer 750, Kawasaki GPZ 1100, Ducati 916, Honda Hurricane 1000, Vincent Black Shadow, Honda CB750. We need one more for the top superbikes of all time. And remember the definition. It's not super sport. It's not. It's superbike. It is the term superbike. And if you want to make up your own definition, include that with your with your motorbike. Because I still think if you look at a bike and you say that's super, that qualifies for me. So my my uh, my KLR is a super bike then, huh? No. <laughs> um. So I, we're getting ready to read the emails now, and I wanted to share um, <laughs> one that came in that cracked me up. Um. It's time for the... I used to call it the Craigslist Scammer Theater. But this one is the Email Scammer Theater. Oh, great. Yeah, you guys like these ones, right? And this one came in. It said, Inquiry for Scrambler. Greetings. Hope you are fine. Well, I am in the market to purchase Scrambler, and through my search, I came across your address. Kindly let me know the models you have or a link to the ones you have in stock. Also want to know whether you consider credit card an option for payment. Right soon. Best regards, Bill Reader, Reader Equipment Company in Glendale, California. I just went through Glendale. <coughs> and so I'm yeah, like... I would not trust anybody. Why is it? Why, well, first of all, the tell is the, the improper grammar. I want scrambler. <laughs> <laughs> the second tell is I Googled this guy and it comes up that... The emails go out. So, you know, I love to keep them going. Yes, oh, good. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and I came back with, we don't have a scrambler, but let me know if you're interested in any other models. And yes, we take credit cards. <laughs> Here's a link to Benelli SSR Motorsports.com. Oh, God. I thought it was going to be Phil at Cleveland Motors. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. no. So, he comes back and he says, Oh, yes, please email me price on Sport Bike TNT 300. All right, Emma. Is that a, a Benelli TNT 300, what would you just guess its retail price might be? Oh, $1 million. No. no, let me think. <laughs> TNT, it's not an expensive bike. Uh, What, about four grand? Yeah. So I came back. $8,999. A bargain. A snip. <laughs> a snip. And he says, Hello. Nice to hear back from you again. Below is the delivery address to contact the shipping company. Include the pickup location, total weight and dimensions of the item, and request for shipping cost. Delivery address to uh, somebody in, in New Zealand. Mm. Nice. So they want to order a TNT 300 shipped to New Zealand that they want to pay with credit card. That was Glendale. And here's the shipping company's <laughs> info for me to contact Primeline Freight. I'm just going to say there's a name at Primeline Freight to contact. You can send me a copy when you contact them. After you have all cost on the order, provide me with the invoice quote so I can proceed payment with my credit card right soon to proceed further. <laughs> 
Now I have to respond to him. Do I keep it going? Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> what, what do you think I should say? No, just give him an arbitrary figure and just say, there you go. Ah, so we started out with this basically mini bike is $9,000. Yes, I spoke to your friend at the shipping company and the total will be 24382 <laughs> There you go. Please send payment. Right. And <laughs> if by some chance the man is an es- a wealthy escaped lunatic from an asylum and sends you the money, send a TNT 300. Because <laughs> you'll have plenty of money to do it. And you'll have a little change to spare. But, you know, any good salesperson knows never pass an opportunity to upsell. No, you should add on. <laughs> I need to offer some more things, I think. <clears throat> offer him an SSR um, for the low, low price I of $7,000. I have recently come into possession of some BMW motorbikes with no license or, or title. Would you be interested? <laughs> Maybe something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to keep it going. We'll see. I love playing with these guys. I love playing with them. So what's what's the scam here? Is that I hire a shipping company and pay for it, and then I, I never get the money back? Is that what it is? Probably. I think that's what it is. Basically. Oh, yeah. Well, so he'll... Oh, I bet you it's yeah. Just give them your credit card company for the deposit, and then we'll refund you for it. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna keep going. But Emma, um, just in case we get that far, can I borrow your credit card? Yeah, of course you can. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe this person needs like a six thousand dollar helmet to go with the bike. Oh, good idea. Um, a jacket. So Bagel, you have an email there. There was a bit long that I needed you to yes. shorten. <clears throat> All right, I'll try to shorten it as best I can. And uh, this is an email from Robert Lee Perrin. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Robert. Robert writes, hey there, hi there, ho there, yeah. misfits. <laughs> <laughs> it's your favorite overweight ginger from Fort Worth, Tejas. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I wrote, don't you know? A few things have happened in my motorcycle world, and I wanted to share them with you. I've seen it. I've stepped foot on the holy ground and made my pilgrimage. Oh. I I visited Barber Vintage Motorsports Ooh, Museum. Nice. It was simply magical. My wife said I didn't have a smile that big when my son was born. <laughs> my head nor my anus cannot comprehend the amount of up the butt backs now. Good Lord. My, my last letters involved an underpowered, bad performing KLR 250. And I was looking for a better commuter than my crusty KLR 650. I gave up and took the 250 in, and John was right. The kid that rode it floated the valves and smoothed the cams. 3500 to have them fix it, but 1800 in parts. Cams are very hard to come by, turns out. Someone does want to trade the back rack for a used head, but I don't know if that will even get, get it in working order. And I finally met the very spry and possibly sarcastic Robert E. Lee, a.k.a. the Little General, a racer from the 70s and on. A legend in North Texas, if not farther, who was willing to work on my crusty 650. He stated it was the worst maintained KLR he's ever seen. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Wow. Luckily, low bar. luckily, it wasn't all me. But anything he touched would make us make would makes would anything he touched would 
would something make something else crumble into pieces. <laughs> yeah. I'm rocking a 16 tooth sprocket. And with my weight, he said, it's not great on the engine. He told me to go back to a 15 or even better to a 14 to get to 7,000 RPMs. And I'd have all the power I needed. Wait, John, Seven. what, what? What kind of sprocket are you running? I'm running 16. I got a 16. I was fighting the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. You just feather the clutch a lot. Yep. 7,000 RPM on a KLR, though. That would just be screaming. No, thank you. (laughs) Just shake your arms right off. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on. Uh, I asked about vibration, and he said, you're on a 400-pound dirt bike with knobby tires, dude. (laughs) If you don't want vibration, get a gold wing. (laughs) He also let me know I need to know I need to drop five sizes down on my main jet and mess with the mix. When I decelerate at high RPMs, it stalls out. And I have to pop it into second gear with wide open throttle and keep rev bombing. Oh, Lord, I know I, I know I think I'm overfueling the cylinder, and I think I even got gas in my oil on a very long ride. Oh golly, I know it still needs a lot of work if it will survive long enough to get it. <laughs> and. Um, now, unfortunately, um, Robert does end on a very sad note uh, that uh, the uh, Robert E. Robert E., who he mentioned earlier, uh, became very ill and passed away shortly after working on a 650. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so I wanted to uh, uh, just mention uh, that uh, he wants to wish him right in peace and wanted to honor him and his memory. I uh, know that he owned a Kawasaki dealership for a while, uh, was a big part of Texas Redneck Ramble, which is a big dual sporting event there. Um, and Robert E. Lee had a very cool blog and told stories about legends he knew. And he wrote uh, an Africa twin. He wrote an Africa twin <laughs> hundreds yeah. of miles a week and uh, did a ton of dual sport rides on his other bikes. Uh, was a very ext- extremely skilled rider in his 70s and uh, will be deeply missed. Um, and what I like, he has a, a PS. He says, I bought a oh. 2003 V-Strom 1000, but realized I just don't care for commuting traffic, and I want to sell it for Christmas, KLR, and Tau Tau parts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, because I was, was going to say, when well, you mentioned thanks, the stuff yeah. on the getting the KLR to be a commuter, it's like, are, are you sure you don't just want a V-Strom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Thanks, Robert. Uh, Jim, you got a quick one there? Yeah. Yes, I do. All right. This is, oh, God, my eyes. Damn these <laughs> eyes. Uh, this is from Matt Rogers. Cheers, Matt. Uh, hey, Misfits. Driving home from work and listening to yesterday's podcast number 446. And your kitchen tools segment reminded me yes. of the hack I used on my 93 Ducati 900 SS. Oh. Wish I still had that bike. That would be a super sport. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Super stock, super sport. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. The mirrors on these had a ball and socket joint that was notorious for drooping. Drooping. Hmm. Um, the temporary fix was to put the end with the ball part of the joint in the freezer for an hour or so, then reassemble and tighten. What are you laughing at? I you sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> kind of went there, I think. <laughs> Um, and reassemble and tighten. It would hold for a few hundred miles or so, and then the mirrors would inexorably begin to droop again like sad puppy dog ears. I've also <laughs> used the freezer to shrink a spark arrestor for the Yushimura muffler on my 250 Rally. Not dissimilar, all these big words, from using it to install bearings in this case. Yushimura? Yushimura? Yushimura. Mr. Roboto. Uh, thanks for <laughs> keeping me company on the long drive, and keep up the great work. And fuck knock. 
Uh, cheers, <laughs> Matt Rogers. No, I just added that. Oh, thank Because Knox not here. Thank you, yeah. Matt. But we uh, use the freezer a lot on things, don't we? Yeah, yeah. well, it'll con- yeah. like shrink it a little so you can just crank it down a little bit tighter so it'll hold up for a little bit longer. About 200 miles, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know, jam some aluminum foil in there or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah. fix. I, oh. There you go. Yeah. All right, Emma, you got yeah. one there? No, this one is enticingly titled, Note from Lucas Nesbitt to your Facebook page, Recycle Santa Cruz. Your name, Lucas Nesbitt, phone number, blah, 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 blah. Your question. Hello, Misfits. Love the show. Short-time listener, but big-time fan. Um, so, I have two questions for you. I've had a Rebel 250 for mm-hmm. about a year, but I haven't ridden it much. Excellent, buddy. I live in Texas, and the highway speeds keep me from taking yeah. it out on the open road. Mm. So mm. I ask, should I be worried about taking a 250 out on a road where many are doing 70 plus? It, I mean, you know, as good as a, the Rebel 250 is, yeah, it's pushing it a bit above 70. It's a shame not, we're not doing like 65. I've done 75 on a, on the Nighthawk 250, and it's yeah, not pleasant. No, it's pretty you can much, do it, but do you, you want can do, to it, do it? But it's everything. Um, it's a light bike too, so the wind and the mm-hmm. trucks and all the stuff, right, and all the things, yeah. all the things. Seldom get a Hayabusa, right? <laughs> no. Well, and like Unimoto. we're gonna oh, come. Saying, no, we're gonna come to what he wants. I, I was gonna say, so really, it sounds really like you're right, like just like riding a scooter <laughs> on the freeway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better than a scooter. <laughs> oh. wow. You get chicks. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I didn't mean that. I don't oh, mean that. Yeah, two fifty rebel freeway. I, I can confirm. That. You know <laughs> what kind of chicks is a rebel two fifty pickup? It gets chicks, bro. <laughs> Very simple. I'm telling you. I'm telling Pay attention, people. Additionally, I've wanted to get a Triumph for a long time. Oh, good yes. lad. Just Good these. lad. I'm considering a Street Twin or a Bonneville T100. Looking at them, um, I'm feeling the Street Twin for the reduced price. However, I don't see many for sale around or being ridden. So, and if y'all are still doing it, tell me why. Tell um, me why. Is there a difference between the Street Twin and the Bonneville aside from the wheel spokes? Um, by the way, Bagel. I'm beginning to work on a 1979 Vespa Mm. 50 Special. Ooh, how cute. Any tips on the resto? Never worked a full resto, so this should be interesting. Hmm. Wow. Should he stick his head in the oven now or later? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. That's a great little project to work on. Um my my best advice is uh, find yourself a good scooter shop to get parts from. Um, well, he lives in Texas, so I mean, it's right. going to be mails from so well, who, pretty much everywhere. Is I mean, mail. you know, you can do a shameless plug. Well, scooter Mercado is a good one. Yes. Uh, they tend to have a lot of vintage parts at at affordable prices. Right, right, right. Um, I'm trying to think of who it's it's harder and harder to find vintage parts these days. Um, right. Motorsport scooters might have some, but for a 50, it's going to be a little bit trickier because not a lot of 50s right, were right, sold right. in the US. Um, uh, maybe Scooter Works in Chicago. Um, another, but if if it's if you end up having a hard time finding parts in the US, uh, SIP in Germany is a fantastic resource uh it's si 
I think it's sip-scootershop.de, I think is the website. Um, they have all kinds of stuff for vintage Vespas. Um, so it, parts are out there. It's You sometimes have to do a little bit of searching, especially for a 50, which is not a very common model in the U.S. Um, and and it's very interesting that it's a 79. I didn't know that they even sold the 50s and 79. Well, That's there you really go. Cool. So now you do. How fast yeah. will this beast go when he's completed it? I think you could probably expect maybe 40 miles an hour and how 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 That's terrifying will it be at 40 miles an hour will uh, it be like trouser fillingly frightening um i i wouldn't say it'll be frightening but i just a wee bit I of pee pee no what no, if he I keeps mean, the original vespas, tires on vespas vespas are very fairly well handled i mean if you're used to vespa handling i should say if, if you're used to motorcycle <laughs> handling <laughs> right. say, if you're used to motorcycle handling uh it will feel very twitchy and like it's a death machine but enjoy it and just keep it straight on the road and you'll be fine. Say <laughs> twice so, indeed from the bearded one. Between the Scrambler and the Bonneville. Well, no, it's the street mm-hmm. twin. I mean, the, the twin. Um, can I Can I throw No, in? by all means. I think it depends on how many old men you want to talk to. Because <laughs> ah. if you get the Bonneville, a yes. lot of old men are going to talk to you. Right? I had one of those back in the day. Now, hang on. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, ha- no, if you're a social person who wants to talk to strangers, so the Bonneville is a great bike. One of the last street twins we sold mm-hmm. when I worked for the big dealership, who shall now be nameless, was obviously pre-COVID days. And it was a black street twin. And I was doing its last test ride before um, I was handing it back to the customer. And, of course, it was pre-COVID, so one of these giant tour buses pulls up alongside me, and it was full of ancient people from... um, Mesopotamia? No, no, no. I'm not sure uh, whether it was a group from China or... or, or, I think it was probably a group from China, because I think it was Seagull Tours, and they Mm. mostly do tours from China. And every single person on that coach... It's probably 55, just press themselves and their cameras up against the window. Click, 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 click at this, at this bike. So, you know, the Street Twin is a good-looking bike too. Um, either or, you're going to love either or. It's a good-looking bike, but I want to throw out uh, another option, the Street Twin Scrambler. Scrambled eggs. The, the Triumph Scrambler is such a cool-looking bike. It looks right. dope. You know, and it'll have a but, little bit more get up and go from um, Texas freeway mm-hmm. and wind. But all the modern Triumphs are very, very brief um, history of Triumph twins. 2001, Triumph reintroduced the twin, the Bonneville, and all very soon afterwards, the original Scrambler. Um, they were 795cc. They very soon mm-hmm. went up to um, 835cc very, very quickly. And blah, blah, blah. Great bikes. So from 2001 till about 2009, and then they became fuel-injected, and they stayed the same. Very good bikes. And then in 2016, they redesigned them completely. And there were basically two models. There was the 900 high-torque engine and the 1200 high-performance engine. And they're bloody great. I would say for somebody who's going from a Rebel... No, the nine hundred high torque. Don't engines. get into those big bikes. I would look at one of the eight hundreds. What about like a Continental GT, Royal Enfield? 
Mm. No, it's, no, it's I much as I like Enfield, I think you need somebody close by to no, take care of. I, I would say I would say moving out, don't jump into one of the big triumphs just yet. I would yeah. look at one of the eight hundreds. Yeah, yeah, whatever model it is, they're all good. Yeah, I like them, and I think it's very valid but, what you say. I mean, if you ride a T hundred, I mean, it's dripping with chrome. It's got lots of you know bright colours. It's a very retro looking bike. So you're going to get the crusty old guys outside the corner. <laughs> Hold my chief while I look at this. You, you know. Can I throw one out there real quick? Yeah. The Yamaha XSR 700. That's a good bike. The par- the parallel twin but from the MT07. That's the, these are all like good a, bikes. But I don't think he's just looking for a retro style bike. I, I think, think he's he looking a for triumph. a triumph. And um, it's kind of like everyone needs to check the triumph box. At so some point. all yeah. all our friend. Lucas Nesbitt has mm-hmm. to ask himself, does he like flat black or does <laughs> he like chrome and shiny stuff? Yeah. And I've got to be honest with you, as easy as you think flat and satin black is to look after, it's not. Right. It's easier to look after chrome and shiny stuff because you know what to do with it. Flat black stuff is kind of hard to look after. I've noticed a lot of those street twins, if you do it wrong, they get scabby looking very quickly. Also, if it's sunny, you'll cook on it. Yes. All right. I got, you'll absorb the heat. I got one more quick one I want to read, and this one is Matt from Roanoke. He says, hello, all. I wanted to write in and say thank you. Whether you believe it or not, you give good me- mechanical advice. Medical advice. You give good yeah, mechanical advice. We give all the advice. We give it all. Yeah, get your colon sometimes two in one. Check your it's, colon and your Yeah. My, my, my best <laughs> medical advice is stick some duct tape on that. It's okay. I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> so he says, yeah, you give good me- mechanical advice. A few examples. One. JIS screwdrivers ensure you won't strip as many bolts that you once thought were Phillip heads. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the key to longer clutch life is not using car oil. Yes. That's a good one. And vintage two strokes run better with new crank seals. Yes. <laughs> Kel Surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have worked on vintage bikes for most of my life as a novice, and you have helped elevate the quality of my work and troubleshooting. Oh, that's very kind. This Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the misfits and all the fun you share with us. Isn't that a nice one? Um, he says, and my up-the-butt bike is now and always will be. Yes. This didn't make our list. Ooh, perhaps we, we it, perhaps it should. 2002 Nikki Hayden RC51. Nice. Mm. Nice bike. Ooh, yeah. the RC51. Mm. Is that a super bike? The RC51 well, <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> exist unless the 916 oh. didn't. Mm. Yeah, it was his first ever superbike race that he went to. Oh, do we need to put RC fifty one? I don't know. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm going to pen, pencil that win in as our first suggestion. There you go for there the go. tenth spot. Set the bar. There we go. So thank you very much, Matt. All right, hold on. I'm going to write that in. The Honda RC fifty one. Okay. Well, there you go. What do you guys think of that? Do you think uh, our friends at Cleveland Motor will have something to say about this oh, I'm list? Sure, no, I'm, I'm they, sure Phil they and won't. his happy band will help us immeasurably. <laughs> I think they won't disagree with a single thing we've said. No, they won't. And do you think- if they know what... You see, the prerequisite of talking about bikes is knowing something about them in the first place. <laughs> oh, so, oh, 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 oh. Shots fired. 
Well, and then I'm wondering uh, if our friends at Nokomoto will have something to say about the list that Phil Clevermoto comes up. Oh, with. I'm sure they will. <laughs> That betters our list. So I will refer back to my previous down. comment. <laughs> no. So um, I wanted to share, by the way, um, yeah. that Bruce from This Moto Life reached out to yes. me. And oh, yeah. um, I did a lovely interview <gasps> with him. Good. And oh, excellent. What a charming gentleman. Are you going to yeah. be on his podcast? I am. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah no, Bruce is great. That. And um, yeah. yes, up there in the frozen north. I yep. wonder if he'll be at AIM Expo. He was there last time. I did, you know That's what? I, I didn't ask him. Uh, he um, might be. But yeah, keep your eye open. If if you follow this Moto Life, there will be... Um, it's in editing right now. I think he said he's going to drop it probably early December. Okay. Um, but there'll be one dedicated just to me. How about that? Tra-la-la. <laughs> Excellent. How important Fantastic. am I? Um, and then a uh, final announcement. Um the Numbnuts Challenge is happening. Yes. <laughs> I had a few more people sign up today. Henry, you said you're in? I'm going to do it. Arlette? Uh, I think I'm in. Well, yeah. no, well, ah, no right. hang on. Yeah. Arlette has signed up to do the burlesque with me if she doesn't do the Numbnuts Challenge. She can do that while on the bike. No, she can't. Yeah, she can. Signed up makes it sound like it was a choice. <laughs> well, it's either or. <laughs> Voluntold. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's Liza's first yeah. uh, signing up. No, it's um, so. I mean, you are welcome. You are welcome to do the Num Nuts challenge. But if you choose to do the burlesque with me instead, <laughs> you can do that. Thank you. Uh, so it's officially, I think, uh, January twenty fourth. I created an event page on Facebook. If you would like to to enter. Um, you can type in num n u m b, and then nuts n u t s challenge, and just reply going if you're interested in entering, um, or just interested if you want to come and watch or heckle or feed us hot dogs, mm-hmm. or any of or those. throw hot dogs at us. Yeah, exactly. Spray them um, with water. Yeah, and I mean basically it's going to be we're expecting about thirty six hours. I think for that's the how long event. I think I can go. Right, <laughs> and Brendan, he uh, today he said, "Oh, because yeah, he's a young guy." He, I'm like, "You could use a thousand bucks." He goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "How long do you think you can sit on your oh, bike?" A couple of hours. He's like, "Oh, I think I could do two hours." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then the, then the dollar bill started. He started thinking about the, that thousand bucks, and he's like, "Yeah, I could do longer." Oh, uh, yeah, you need to do it a little longer than two hours. But I mean, if you if if you want to come down spectate, I mean, it's I've, I've got a big parking lot, so there's no problem with space. Um, and thankfully, I'm in a fairly industrial area, so there's no real problem with noise either. Um, so if you want to just come down, throw a couple of rotten tomatoes, and go home, you're welcome to do so. You know, but <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> just have to do there, it. there are going to be hazards. There's going to be feats of strength, airing of the grievances, all the good things. Maybe a festivus poll, yes, for the rest of us. Well, I think the biggest challenge for some of us, like Henry and I, is just oh, which one of our bikes should we use? <laughs> and I suggest for you, Liza, the Elite Two Fifty. No. I think that would that has got the most comfortable seat. It is pretty comfortable that bench seat, but it's hard to put your feet up. Um, an Africa Twin has a heated seat, which is kind of cheating. Oh. Yeah, but you're not allowed to charge your battery. What? No, I can turn my bike on. You can start the. Bike. Oh, you can yeah. start the bike, but you can't charge your battery. So you have mm. to run that gamut. You have to run yeah, that careful. It. What if you have like a, a jump pack? Does that count? If, as long as you brought it, okay. you bring it. 
It's fine. But you're not going to be able to get external stuff. You okay. can't get gasoline or you can't get elastic trickery from Mototown. It's what mm. you brought with you. Okay. Well, and just remember, this whole thing is being made possible because of our Patreon subscribers, because that's where the $1,000 cash prize is coming from. Hard cash. So big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. I thought it was coming out of your bank account. I think Isaac. I'm going to pull my, my Patreon subscription <laughs> now. <laughs> is that what it's going to? Hey, no. man, I'm giving, back, I'm giving back to the community. Um, but I am providing the food. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the um, things. So big thanks to all you Patreon subscribers. And, um, oh, I was going to announce, I have some t- leftover T-shirts. I need to put them on sale for right. Christmas. I forgot to count them. I've only got a few sizes left. If you're interested in a T-shirt, email me at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and I will see if I have your size. And um, I'm going to do, for the month of December... Uh, fifteen bucks shipped. So basically, wow, yeah, fifteen bucks shipped. That's the deal. Yeah, Black Sunday. What Black Sunday, <laughs> exactly. So I'm knocking ten bucks off of that. Um, these are last year's models, but they're they're good shirts. You know what? I'm going to throw in an incentive. I just got a shipment back from my graphic artist of the <gasps> most adorable key fobs, and the Motortown key fobs. They're made of rubber. So they're not going to smash up your triple tree. And it's my logo in three colors. There's black background with gray and blue, which is my neon logo. And they're tiny. It's like... Lovely. It's like a bonsai key fob. They're absolutely (laughs) adorable. And I will throw in an individually wrapped Motortown key fob Uh with every T-shirt sold between now and Christmas. All right. So Recycle Motorcycle Garage is the email. If you want to inquire about a T-shirt, if you want to uh, find out more about the Numbnuts Challenge, right. or if you want to send us your suggestion for the top superbike on a list, RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Um, I think, does anyone have any last messages they need to get out Yeah, there? I just want to make sure I will be providing food of some description for the uh, challenges of the Num Nuts Challenge. So if you require the vegetarian option, please let us know so I may heckle you. Um, <laughs> so so, so basically <laughs> just the bun. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get the bun. the bun. No, I mean, I think the key is going to be... It's going to be simple nutritional fare. That means hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, if you, if you're a vegetarian, I'll find something to give you. Probably something some I'd give to weeds a rabbit, in the rabbit or we'll something. I don't know. Um. So um, I think that wraps it up. Thank you guys for for listening and uh, uh, yeah, send us those emails. You guys ready to get out of here? I think so. Thank you, everyone. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma, darling. Arlette. Henry. Naked Jim. Bagel. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs>